Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hirons, and today I'm joined by Phil from HE Creative. I do just want to say before we start this episode, please do go listen to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast with Phil. That podcast is hosted by my good friend Dave Clayton and Glyn Dewis. That was also a great episode with Phil. They were slightly shorter, but they went in depth about subjects we didn't really talk about. So please do go and check that out. And this episode, the Creative Waffle version, is an absolute treat. I don't think I've ever been more excited to release an episode of the show. We talk about a number of different topics, but this podcast kicks off with cold calling and why designers should still do it. Then we go into sorting your finances, then a bit about honesty and free work, and then we go deeper and go into racism and morals, and then Disney films and social media. And then I ask the final questions at the end. It's a really, really good podcast. Please do stick around to the end. Um, I'd love to know what you think of it as well in a bit longer format. Let me know down in the comments below or leave a review on iTunes. And I hope you enjoy this podcast. This is my chat with Phil from HE Creative. Welcome to the podcast. We need to get into this discussion um, because, uh, yeah, it's a really good talking point that we were just talking about off, off air um, about sales and making more money. And it's something that I think designers need to do. And, and you've got some really good points and about sales. And anyway, so let's talk about it. Um, yeah, you, you were saying I need to just call 50 people a day, basically, and, and just try and just contact as many people and set myself targets. Um, do you mind recapping what we just said off, off air? Yeah. And so I think the the key to running a successful design business isn't in how good your design is and what you're doing design wise but the amount of time and effort you put into the sales side of things so kind of because you're a one-man band you don't have a support team of everyone doing that for you so like when you look at your design heroes or whoever they are like or the big agencies and you know like Saatchi and everything Saatchi have a probably have a sales team of about 100 people sitting there all day on the phones um hitting up their dream clients so if you were to be more positive and make it more fun if you i would look at a list of every industry you want to work for so for example like you want to do football stuff um so that's like 20 teams in the prem and then however many down and i would just start with your biggest so Mm. i'd start with man city i'd phone man city up because at the end of the day like you can you can do that like you don't need permission from someone like there'll be a phone number of their creative director will be available like you're pretty easy to get hold of and phone them up and you're probably going to get a gatekeeper secretary who's going to be like they don't take calls and that's fine but i'd phone them every day until you finally get to someone um find an email address drop them an email and i'd work down to like bromley and like the non-league teams and i would but I'd start at the top like there's no point starting at Bromley because yeah. if you if you do that and then you get inundated with yeses then you're not going to make any money so but if you start at Man City they might be like yeah we've got the budget the biggest budget ever for you and we love your work and that stuff but it's all about not getting disheartened about the no's and the rejection so you just need to be able to like Taylor Swift it just shake it off and just move on to the next person and it don't see it as people like don't obviously talk to them like human beings but don't worry because they're being phoned up all day every day you're not the first person that hour that's going to ring them saying can i do graphic design for you they're going to be inundated with people so the more you do it the more you'll be like just water off a duck's back and just you know um my I, when I worked in sales, my mentor said to me, you know, it, 
the it's a horrible phrase, but throwing enough shit at the wall and something will stick. And that's what when I was starting out at your age, what I did, I would just contact everyone, like just everybody. And eventually you'll start getting one job, you do a good job for that person, you'll get more and so on and so forth. And then that's how you're gonna build your word of mouth. But at the moment, nobody knows who you are. Um, and that even goes for like bigger designers. Like there's no such thing as a famous graphic designer unless you're Neville Brody, but then go and ask your mum who Neville Brody is. Yeah. So nobody, ca- like uh, honestly, if Neville Brody rang up the local takeaway and said, can I redo your menu? They're gonna go, who are you? Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. So it, it doesn't matter. So just, you just got to keep, like, nobody knows who you are. No one's ever going to know who you are. So you've just got to keep contacting people, send your portfolio, be super nice and friendly, and just do tons and tons of shit work that you don't want to do. And then one day you'll get to do something you do want to do with these people. Mm-hmm. But if you start at the top, it's like, not to like ramble on this, but the, I took a piece of advice, um, it's terrible advice, but it was, I think it was Ice Cube said this. He said, when he goes looking for women, he goes out to like a nightclub and he asks the most beautiful woman in there if she wants to have a threesome. And right. then she, she turns him down. Eventually, he is going to go home with two women. They might not be the, most, the best looking women, but he will go home with two women. But he's start at the most beautiful and work his way down. Whereas if he asks the ugliest girl in the club for a threesome and they say yes, he's going to go home too early. He might have been able to get the most attractive girl. But he just, yeah, he just didn't know. No, and that's how that's I fantastic. treat design. Oh, crack it up. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, I guess so, yeah. I, I just, the only thing I'm concerned about is the phone calling stuff. I know I'm, I'm being a massive wuss, basically. I mean, obviously, from, from a sales background, you come from that, and it's, that's, that's really helps in that, in that sense. And there's a lot of designers that feel my sympathy of phoning people up. We're, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm good at talking to people. I can talk to you all day. And, and anyone, I've never met you before. I've only spoken on Instagram. I'm going to talk to you all day. But there's, um, there's something about phoning someone up, and it, it does scare me a little bit. Do you think yeah. the same thing works with emails or not? No, no, no. You've got to phone them. Because it's really hard yeah. to say no to you on the phone. It's ah, really uh, easy yeah. to ignore an email. But the thing I would say to you is loads of people feel like that about phoning people and so they probably get less phone calls and also it shows that you've got the confidence to do it and the passion to do it i was exactly the same as you i when i i left uni i was freelancing it went terribly and then i start i had to get a job so i got this awful sales job and it was for a print company so i kind of knew about the stuff but they said to me on my first day, they said, your target is 40,000 for the month. And I was like, oh man, that's, that's so much money. Like at 22, it was so much money. And they were like, okay, you got to do that. And then all the other salesmen are on 80,000 a month. And I was like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. So I had this industry handbook. It was the fourth person I rang in it. And I said to them like, oh, you know, do you need any print? And the guy was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, I'm building this exhibition. And I, well, I can't tell you who it was for, but I was like, oh, okay, cool. And he was like, yeah, um, it's probably a budget of 60,000. So on day one, phone call number four, I did it, smashed it. And it's so much easier than you think it is. Like it really isn't difficult. And once you start doing it, 
it's the key is being rejected. And the more you get rejected, the more you'll just be like, easy. I've got, I've got this. I can just keep phoning everyone up all day long, getting the rejections. Who cares? But if you were to put, even if you said like one day a week, you're just going to go and sit and do that. I would, I reckon you'd probably 10 times what you're earning now mm. just from hitting the sales. And like, I still do it and it's fun. And it's also really like, really fun. Like talking to rude people. Like it becomes really, really funny. And like, we'll be in the studio, like in fits of laughter, when you get this secretary, they'll be like, oh, they're not here. And you're like, oh, okay. And, or like, um, you'll say like, oh, I'll look and speak to this person. And they're like, oh, they, uh, they've just popped out. And you'll be like, that's so strange. Like, they've just popped out the minute I phone them. How like, how bizarre, <laughs> yeah, how convenient. <laughs> or like, they just say like really funny things to you all the time. Like I phone, like sometimes we phone up people and they like clearly use graphic design all the time and they'll say like, oh, we don't do any design. Mm. And you're like, well, of course you do. Like, it's just funny. Like you just, you get like, yeah, you get like sworn at by people and like, it's really funny. Like you just got to see it as like the funny, the funny side of how angry someone can get that you've rang them up to ask them if you can illustrate something for them. Or do they yeah. need like this service? And like, but you just, yeah, you just laugh it off and move on to the next one. And then eventually like we've like over the years built some great relationships from people that I just rang them up one day um, and just worked with them. So there's, yeah, there's no thing, nothing to be scared of. What, what sort of stuff do you say when you phone them up? You, their phones do, like go in. What, what are you saying to them as soon as they pick up the phone? <laughs> I just say like, oh, hi, it's Phil from How Edwards Creative. You know, do you need some graphics? You're, yeah, I think that's why I think that's why people don't do it as well because you get so many cold, cold calls. It's another factor. I think I don't think it's the only reason. But yeah, you get, we get so many cold calls at home like about scams and things, and and then you don't want to burden someone else by phoning them up. I know it's not a scam, but yeah, yeah, no. But this is it. So when you're sitting at home, are you ever sitting there going, "I wish someone would phone me about double glazing," or <laughs> like, "I wish someone yeah. would phone me about the accident that I didn't have," have like. Yeah. Like you're not sitting there hoping someone's going to scam you, but people that are, it's not like, so you're not going to be phoning up, like getting the yellow pages and just start ringing residential addresses going like, Oh, excuse me, Gary, can I do some graphic design on the off chance? He needs a designer. You're going to target creative directors at companies that use design. So mm. like if they, if they don't want to hear from you, maybe they should get another job because that's what they are there to do. They're there to find design for those companies so like the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going like the worst thing that will happen is you'll catch someone on a bad day but nine out of ten times they won't talk to you you'll just talk to a secretary you'll say they're not there like yeah. and then you'll just move on to the next person but if you like imagine like with the football teams if you just work from the top down there's got to be one of them that needs a designer yeah yeah, well, they're all using the graphic designers and illustrators, and if even if they don't need me, I, you know, I could say I've got contacts. And I, I know like pretty much all the football illustrators that are doing great work at the moment. I'd love to introduce you to some people, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's still stuff that could happen, or you know, this new football podcast I'm starting. You know, people could somehow link up with that as well. So it's it's definitely room for conversation, even if it's not about work. Um, yeah. You're making me realise now. So <laughs> I need to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's so easy, and you'll you'll definitely get something from it. Like, I'm sure, like, there's clubs like Exeter City, like some of the smaller, like League Two sides that like would love someone to phone up and be like, you know, or what you do is you could take like like the um, 
you could take the route of looking at teams no one wants to work for, like someone who's just been relegated, and they might like the little pickup. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, Mark wants to work for us. People still care. <laughs> yeah, they could do. That's quite. Yeah, or like you could take like you know like an awful team like Liverpool and be like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, work for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd have to do it. It's just a, it's just confidence thing, isn't it? I think that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Liverpool might not have time to talk to you because they'll be busy cleaning all the trophies they've won this year. Uh, <laughs> going in. Going in on that. My Charlotte, who uh, works, my wife Charlotte, who I run the business with, is a massive Liverpool fan. So, yeah. it's been like. I've been digging on her. Oh, it's been brilliant. Because I'm a West Ham fan. So. Nice. Yeah, what about the West Ham Trophy Cabinet at the moment? How's that looking? <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, um, I think you'll find the 1966 World Cup is. Uh, Looking quite nicely over at West Ham. Probably, probably in there, yeah. isn't it? Remember yeah. that time we won, we won the World Cup. Also, unlike <laughs> Liverpool, West Ham have actually won a league once because we won the championship. So, that, Liverpool, won, Liverpool won the old Division One. Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore, Mark. That's not that's not a thing. That's like saying that's like a made-up thing from back in time. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't remember it, so uh, must not be real. Yeah. The um. Uh, my my Charlotte's big. I know this isn't design related, but Charlotte's pet peeve is that she was born in 1988, which is the year after Liverpool won. Like uh, anything, so like Liverpool have won the league since she's been born. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the championship, the Champions League as well. That was 1987, I think it was. But they uh, won it with Stevie G, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, a big win. Yeah. But yeah, the she's one before that. Yeah, yeah, the one before that. Damn. So yeah, so she's only ever known Liverpool to be crap. <laughs> Tides are turning, things yeah. are switching around. Maybe um, we'll see. Yeah, uh, we, we definitely talk about football, but I know people on here um, like design stuff, uh, and there's you know the whole other football creative podcast to talk about football and design. So uh, we'll do that another well, time. I know not, I know nothing about football, but Charlotte will definitely do your football creative podcast. Nice, you can nice. talk about all day. <laughs> nice one. Uh, yeah. So I also really like, I'm not sure if we mentioned it on when we we're recording, but I really like the point where you said to make a number and stick to it, stick to it each month. And then uh, if you don't get that number, you have to, do, to literally do anything to get to there. Yeah. Uh, as in sell Xbox and, and like, I've got so much stuff I could sell, but I just haven't because I don't need the money. But if you have set a number and you do need to get there and you're disciplined enough, or even if I tell you about it and we keep it, well, keep, you keep me accountable. And I don't know. It's, it's a, it, it, it's the best thing because first of all like it's harsh to say sell your xbox if you don't make it because you want to look at the year a total over the year but if you start looking at a monthly total that you have to earn or like you want to earn and someone does hold you accountable um and a bit of a like a, a bit more stick than carrot then you will feel like oh man like i've got to tell phil that i didn't make my target this month and now I'll, or what you could do is like pay yourself so rather than just take whatever money you get from design and spend it you could put it aside and every month pay yourself a wage and then you could get to the end of the month and be like i can't pay myself i need i didn't make enough money this month and then like you yeah. have to go a month without any money and which i know when you start freelancing you're more than used to but you'll be like you will, yeah, you just need to be like, well, I can't pay myself, I've, I've got nothing. Whereas it's very easy to get a massive job and spend it and then be like, oh, I don't need to make any money for six months. But if every month you start from zero again, yeah. then 
it will give you that motivation, but you'll also be saving money for the company. So it kind of, um, it really does work really nicely. And when we did that, we became a limited company. That's what we did. And we pay ourselves a wage and there's money in the company. It's a bank account. And we now don't see that as our money. It's the business's money and the business pays us. And if we don't top that up so we can get paid, then yeah, we don't get paid. Um, it's never happened, touch wood, uh, that we've never paid ourselves, but it's the scary reality of maybe one day we won't. Yeah. And that's what pushes that fire. So that when then you're doing things like cold calling people, um, looking for work, doesn't seem like sleazy because you start to become much more business focused. And it's like, well, I need to do this to survive and or do things you don't want to do. Um, like do, you know, logos for a hundred pound because you, you know, and you shouldn't be doing that. But if it's a matter of feeding yourself or not feeding yourself, then you need to make those sacrifices. Yeah, or start stealing from shops. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could uh, eat out of uh, dumpsters. Yeah. Yeah. Start eating out of, out of bins and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, definitely do the hundred pound logos before you start stealing from shops. That's, uh, that's a good, good advice. If you don't get anything from this podcast, definitely do that. Uh, no, but I, I, it's definitely a good point about being more sales or being more business, especially when you're working for yourself, right? Being more business focused rather than design focused. Cause a lot of the job is business. It's not, it's not really design. It's n- I, I reckon it's 90% business. Yeah. Like, on our end, like most of our time is spent doing admin, relationship building, going to things. Uh, you know, we don't, luckily, we don't need to cold call people anymore, but on the phone to existing clients, setting up meetings, having the meeting, which are sometimes they're hours, um, and doing all that stuff. And then sometimes we get to do illustration or design work, like sometimes, maybe on a Wednesday. But it's very rare that we're like, we don't have like the constant, like sit down, just drawing like it used to be at the beginning. Like there's a lot more design, uh, a lot more uh, business. Yeah. Yeah. And and with people saying, because it's like you said earlier on the design, what you told me, I'm not sure. Again, I can't remember what we mentioned on when we hit record or not. But uh, a lot of people, a lot of illustrators tell young designers and illustrators to always keep putting stuff out there and always keep just uh, just keep designing. It'll be fine. You'll get there. But if you if you're more focused on the business stuff and more focused on getting clients in, then obviously you have to be good at design as well but then you're going to get more clients you won't have to be keep churn- just churning stuff out waiting for things to come to you you're sort of going there and getting stuff yourself yeah exactly yeah. and yeah you can go and get it for yourself like the whole kind of like hunter gatherer i guess mentality like you can just go and get the work but i think it's very very easy to be moderately successful and tell someone what they need to do mm. and say like oh well the best thing to do is just to post pictures on instagram all day <laughs> because that's what I do, but secretly not tell them that I they're cold calling and doing everything else that they, you know what I mean? Like it's not glamorous to say, Oh, I phoned up 50 companies and got rejected today. It, it's really glamorous to be like, Oh, I made a YouTube video and look at all the work I get. I don't think there's reality in it. Like, honestly, I don't think like, um, I always use LinkedIn as a great example. I deleted my LinkedIn because I was told once I was in the top 1% of viewed LinkedIn profiles. I never once got a single job from it. I never got any work. 
But then I changed my default picture to a woman, um, and it was a scantily clad lady, and I got offered 30 interviews in an hour. So I figured that Instagram wasn't really a place for business. Um, it's, it was terrible. I do think you can get work from Instagram and Twitter. Like I do think that definitely, like we get work from Instagram and Twitter. It does definitely happen, but nowhere near the amount that if you were just hitting the phones all day, every day and big design studios have a sales team. Like it's just a, it's a reality. So like mm. to say like, oh no, I'm not doing it. I'm going to be off on my own just sitting here. The work will come to me. Like that's not going to happen. <laughs> like nobody yeah. cares because the, you know, uh, the person before you phoned them and they got the job. So they don't need to look for you. Um, so unless you get a big enough name for yourself that people do want to come to you or you're offering something so unique um, that only you can do it. But again, I, I'm, I don't think it matters really. I think no matter what you do, someone else is doing it and there'll be someone yeah. else doing it, phoning up people. It's the same as like advertising. Like I hate them with burning passion, like places like Wix and stuff, but they are all over YouTube all day, every day. Every video I click on is like, do you want a free website? Come on Wix. And that's exactly the same as cold calling. You're catching people unaware that are like, oh yeah, I need a website. So it's the same thing. Um, as that as advertising and it's the same thing as Instagram it it's you're putting stuff out there for people to try and get people's attention well just cut to the chase phone them and like if you are like it's a bit weird it's like if you're aiming to work for like a football club think how weird it would be just to do tons and tons of design aim at them posting it on Instagram all day every day and like tagging them in it till they notice you yeah. like that would imagine in real life how weird that would be like if like say someone wanted to work for blue deer and like they kept standing outside your house with a blue deer t-shirt on <laughs> but they never spoke to you they just walked past you all the time and everywhere you went they were there oh, like, yeah. what is this person doing why don't they just talk to me because if they talk to me i might give them a job but they're just like this weird attention seeking weirdo that keeps like hanging out outside my front door you know so like if but so that's the same thing so like if you just ring them and also that's the other cool thing so like you'll get your answer so like say you phone man city and say like oh you're right mate like can i do some design they're like no we will never use you go away we have someone then you could be like well i won't waste my time doing this anymore i'll move on to the next thing because i've been told by you know who that person that's never gonna happen so i'll move on because yeah. you know yeah, yeah, different club, different, even different subject. If you ring up every single football team in the country and they all say no, you can move on to something else. <laughs> it's not going to work, is it, if that happens? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you get your answer. <laughs> yeah, you've got your answer. Yeah, yeah. And they'll just... Things dropped, you know. Um, yeah. It's more personal. I, I don't know. There's something about speaking to someone as well. It's more personal, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Penny's dropped. <laughs> it's taken half an hour for this, doesn't it? <laughs> No, seriously though, uh, people are going to be asking questions. Who are you? Uh, <laughs> like, oh, who is this yeah. guy? Just asked, just coming on here and uh, just, uh, telling me all about sales and get on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> sales. So who are you? Yeah. Um, well, mine's, um, and I, I run How Edwards Creative, and we are a boutique illustration and design agency that works for brands and bands. Um, and we, yeah, we work with a whole bunch of people and we kind of 
very retro. That's that's kind of what we do. We do retro illustration, um, and we kind of put our weirdness in places it shouldn't be. Nice. What do you mean by that? <laughs> weirdness. Um, I don't think anyone's ever asked us to do what we do. Um, like, well, they have obviously, but like, I we are like very much ourselves. We're like a very honest company, and we put out what we want. So like we kind of do it and we don't work for people that don't want what we do if that makes sense yeah, so like anyone. You, the people that you're working with that do want your stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 but like it's it's definitely like weird like um the stuff that we do like it's not for everybody but then it resonates with an audience that it is for yeah right right yeah so so there's the paper cutout people uh, on instagram yeah and that's the, what you post. Is that what we were doing for brands as well or not? Yeah, yeah. We just finished working um, with a band called uh, The Bomb Pops from California, who are incredible. They're a female-fronted band. Um, yeah, and that's we do that for like a lot of bands. Um, a lot of my heroes, which is really, really weird um, that we get asked to do these things and work with. We're, it's, it's, it's one of the terrible things because it's like really good podcast stuff. I can't talk about it, but we actually have like um, quite a, I guess she's like, I would say she's an A-list celebrity that we're working with like currently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so the, the, it's all in talking and stuff at the moment, but they're definitely people of a certain like type. Like right. we, we do a lot of work in punk um, and that's really it and all people with a punk mentality brands with a punk mentality um so like the on the brand inside we do a lot of work with jägermeister um you know what my, my the first brand that came to mind was brew dog um, yeah i i oh i get in trouble i i don't agree with brew dog and their ethics uh-huh. i think they're a terrible company but it's it's Fair not enough. again it's not interesting podcast stuff but they basically they tried to sue a, a small pub that had a name that they wanted. But a few years before that, they had cried to the social media because Elvis's estate tried to sue them. And I thought they were incredibly hypocritical. And I also think that they're selling punk. Like, but they have no, no one's asked them to. Like, I don't, I think they're like, yeah, I think they're using my culture for lack of a better phrase. And I don't think they're very nice people. Like, I wouldn't want to work with them. Like, but we're very ethical as a company. Yeah. So like, I just look at them and think like, oh, no, they're like, they're not legit. But I don't know them, but I don't like that they tried to sue a small pub. Just think they, yeah, uh, that's not very really nice. Yeah, I get, yeah, I get yeah. it. That's not really right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't have had a problem if they hadn't been upset when someone tried to sue them. Yeah. For the same, for exactly the same thing. So, like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of BrewDog. Um, but we are, like... I guess the, our dream clients are people like Vans or like Fender. We used to have a big list on the wall behind me of people that we um, aspire to work with one day. But like, is people, that something you, you'd want people, younger people to do? Is like have a list of have have like a, a dream client list and, and yeah, like, yeah, definitely, like, yeah, 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 definitely do that. Yeah, and and shoot for that. Like, yeah, because it happens, you know. Yeah, it it will happen like one day. You will get to work with those people. Like we've got friends who work for Disney and it was their dream to work for Disney. And that's they set out to do that and they've done it. It's not 
you're not trying to build a spaceship in your back garden and go to the moon. You're just trying to do graphics. Yeah, yeah, you're cutting out. <laughs> uh, sorry. What's happening. It's what's about happening. our internet here. Sorry, our in- it's our internet is so bad here. Is uh, that better? Yeah, it's, that's better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's where we are because I'm in. The, we're in the old train station. Oh. And uh, when the trains come past, it cuts our Wi-Fi in and out. Let me see. I, that's me really shit. Yeah, yeah, it's really bad. Isn't it? <laughs> Considering like what we do is so bad. Yeah. Let me see if I move over the Wi-Fi. Cool place to be though. It's it is lovely. Is that better? It sounds better. So yeah. I don't know. We'll have to keep talking, and it might it might stay around. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so yeah, the dreaming, yeah. the dreaming of of clients having that list, and um, what do you think it is that gets you to work with these people that is on the client list? Do you think it's hard work, or do you think it's like? some sort of secret thing you know the book for the secret some something along those lines or what do you think it is no i think it's authenticity more than anything and like being true to yourself um it's definitely like for example like it's so hard because like i'm trying to think because i was listening to you talk to aaron draplin and he was telling you to listen to all these bands and i know you haven't listened to any of them um but like listen to forget it for guys you listen for guys yeah, yeah as soon as they uh yeah. yeah, they're like the best. Right. So like, I love that, that, that hardcore music is like my passion. So like, if I was like to look at people I would want to work with, Henry Rollins, the ex-Black Flag singer is my hero. For I don't like the word, but he is my hero. And I'd love to work for him. Now, is Henry Rollins going to work with someone that is like in a suit and tie working on the 50th floor of some skyscraper probably not but he is going to work with someone who's authentically a fan of black flag of a fan of him like i go and see him he's like spoken word shows i've read all his books like he's ingrained in my life i i know him like so well without having met him and it's the same with that scene so like i want to work with new york hardcore bands and southern california punk bands like they are my heroes my idols I love female fronted music. So they're the, the bands I really am passionate about working mm-hmm. with. And I know that genre and subgenres inside out. It's deep within me to do that work. So I want to be the only option for those people to come to and say, you know, we want, we're working with Howard Edwards because they're authentic and they get what we're doing. And we would turn down other things to work to keep that authenticity. So rather than being financially focused, we would, I'd get paid less money to work for Courtney Love than work getting paid millions to work with Drake. Cause I've got no interest in what Drake's doing, yeah. but I've got so much interest in what Courtney Love had for breakfast. So it's that passion and authenticity that is what you're trying to show these people. So like you need to live and breathe. So like, if you look at people that end up working for Disney, they live and breathe Disney. And to the point of like, they have the Disney haircut and they, you know, they have the Disney way about them and their ideals are Disney. Um, And so for you, like you are showing it like in your, like, you know, your studio and in what you're doing, you are living and breathing football. You play football. Like, uh, I, I couldn't work for football clubs because I don't know the offside rule. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> how would I ever do it? Like, yeah. you know, so it would be of no interest to me whatsoever. 
Um, and that must make the phone calls easier as well. It must make the, the pick up the phone because you know you know about the subject. So it must make that easier. Yeah, yeah, and you have something to talk about with these mm. people. And and there's like you don't want to come across like a know it all because that's going to like put turn people off instantly. But you just want to come across as like uh, authentic and passionate as much as you possibly can. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's good. Uh, yeah, let's, let's talk a bit about you, um, what happened when you when you set up the uh, the studio and, and the business and um, or maybe even further back than that. So about about yourself and we you you heard another podcast about you talking about my, my parents and, and people around me being a bit unsupportive about it and the creative um, creative venture. Do you mind sharing a bit about uh, your growing up and before you got into starting your own studio, the sales job and sort of people around you being. Um, a bit unsupportive about it because I know that's something that a lot of starting to struggle with and, mm. and my grandparents even I was speaking to my grandparents the other day they were still thinking when am I going to get a job like and my, my whole family at the moment my mum and dad as well have had a few problems with uh, jobs at the moment and um, yeah my, my grandparents look you, you probably need to get a job to help out with the family a bit more and uh, I was like fine thanks yeah great um, what about doing what you did and then it's just what you did you know phoning up companies and trying to get jobs that way and still doing design they're more like, oh yeah, get a proper job. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. But yeah, um, let's talk, yeah, if, if you don't mind a bit about um, how to deal with unsupportive family members. Yeah, sure. It's really hard. First of all, I'm really sorry that your grandparents and parents put that pressure on you. I would yeah. ask them to define what a proper job is. Um, because it scared, that phrase scares me, like, into my core, that, like you know, you get a job working in fast food for minimum wage. And is that somehow better than trying to be a successful like business owner, you know, mm. and putting that time into that, you know, it's very, it's a short sighted thing. So I have no support from my family at all. Um, I'm a orphan of choice. So I don't speak to my parents. Um, I have anything to do with them due to the lack of support that they showed me. Um, which isn't a sad thing. It's an incredibly liberating thing to say, like, I'm walking away from this negativity. And whenever you're put in a situation, like, especially for me, it was became almost uh, abusive um, to not be able to see what the potential is. But also just because you're not doing what's considered quote unquote normal yeah. to somebody else doesn't mean that you, what you're doing is wrong. So it's all about just keeping your head up and continuing on that path if you give up now you've just wasted years like you will never know and then that's going to eat you on the inside forever so to go back to how i started i left university and i knew i didn't want to work i like for somebody i got offered free jobs out of uni to for three separate design companies two big design companies in london and one was in my local town I didn't want to be at all for somebody else. I knew that I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So I set out with my best friend and we started a little design studio. And I quickly learned that I was doing what everybody else wanted, just not getting paid as much if I'd taken one of them jobs. Because the quality of work that comes to two graduates is so low compared to where you want or think you should be. Um, 
I made some amazing contacts in that time. Um, that's when I started working for Jägermeister. And that's someone we still work with now, talk to. Actually, they're taking us to a music festival at the weekend, which is craziness. That's um, yeah, it's crazy. Like, And they send us like, um, we have like, I, I went on a stag do and they sent me like, like 60 miniature bottles of Jaeger and like five massive <laughs> bottles of it and stuff like it's craziness. Like they're super cool and super supportive. Um, and they let us do mental things. Like we uh, designed concept art to put a band between two mountain peaks and they built like this giant um, like metal spiders web that the band played on, which was just mad. And like, so we get to these super fun things with Jaeger and stuff. Jaeger bombs and design sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like we made some really good contacts and I got to work with some cool people and I'd started to work in the UK hardcore scene had started to come around um, thanks to a band called Gallows um, who are now Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes and on BBC One, uh, like Radio One they're like, you know, a bit more mainstream but at the time like UK like punk and hardcore had had this re- mini resurgence so i started doing screen printed posters and i was being very like old school in my approach at the time like i'm gonna screen print everything and photocopy everything and i'm not gonna use you know adobe stuff i'm just gonna do all this crazy like real as i saw it's like real stuff and we did that and we were incredibly unsuccessful at it for various reasons one we got a studio space too early which we didn't need and the rent meant that we didn't earn any money but also i was living at home with my parents still at that time and i didn't need money so the pressure to earn just wasn't there and we me and my friend clashed in terms of style too much um her work's very like um dreamy and whimsical and colorful and mine's very like angry so we would went our separate ways and I um had a breakdown in a relationship met my now wife and I got a job at a printing company in in sales and it was the most boring two years of my life that cult ended with um I got to the point where I was seriously suicidal working there it was grueling the phoning people and stuff was funny but it's soulless like doing no design and I didn't do any design in that time I'd I'd had enough of it because I couldn't see the point and this is kind of before Instagram as well which is worth noting because Mm. I was sharing work on uh, Tumblr like which is so weird to think about Um, and like I'd get like a few note like likes and stuff but I couldn't be bothered like I just couldn't find my flow and then my wife was into this blog called Kanye Wes where it was a guy that took Kanye um took Wes Anderson screen grabs and put Kanye West lyrics over the top of them (laughs) and he wanted someone to draw Kanye as a boy scout from Moonrise Kingdom and my wife was like you should do that like you should do it it'd be really funny and I was like, oh, I can't be bothered. And she was like, no, 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 you should definitely do it. So I did it. It took me like an hour. And I sent it to this guy and he was like, he just sent me back, thanks. And I was like, oh, like, whatever. And then the next day we flew to Holland. And when I got off the plane, my phone wouldn't turn on. 
and I was like, this was like the iPhone like four. So I was like, oh man, my new phone doesn't work and I can't turn it on. And then it would turn on and just turn off again. And when it finally, I could get on, there was so many notes and likes and shares on that post he put up on his blog that my phone was crashing to get the notifications to come up. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. So it had gone like viral. And I was like, oh, how weird. And then I then thought, oh, it'd be really cool to draw Kanye's, like each film from Wes Anderson, do like a Kanye. So I did those with this guy. And then I started selling prints of them. And I sold a few, like a few hundred of them. And I was like, oh, this is kind of like, okay. And I was still working my job. So I was like, oh, I kind of got this passion back. And then me and my wife were like in bed at the weekend like the week later and i had this um a message from a guy at columbia records and it was just like oh hi phil saw your stuff would you like to work with pharrell williams and i was like that's not real so i never answered it I was <laughs> like, that's, just, that's just someone like joking like and i didn't even say anything to my wife i was like i didn't say anything to charlotte i was just like whatever and then like a few days later, I got another message from the same guy being like, yeah. hi, did you get my email? Would you yeah. like to work with Pharrell? And I was like, oh, and I said to Charlotte, this person's like pranking me. Like it's so irritating. And she was like, oh no, I've looked up the guy's name and seen on LinkedIn. He's like legit. And I was like, anyone could have found that out. And she was like, no, no, look at his email, you idiot. He like is from at Columbia. I was like, all oh, right, cool. Oh, I should probably message him back. So I sent him back a, a message and like we Skyped to each other and he was a massive fan of all the punk bands I like. So we had this kind of cool relationship and I did some, this project for uh, Pharrell. And then this is going to make me sound like the oldest person you've ever interviewed. I got an email a week later um, from someone saying, would you like to work with Kanye? Like this woman was like, worked for MySpace, like, what, you know, if you remember MySpace. Um, uh, yeah, it's so old. <laughs> and she was like, oh, do you want to do this project? And it was to design a cover for Jesus because it didn't have a cover. And it was like for this article, and it was me, the creative director of Adventure Time from Cartoon Network, the guy that designed the Jay-Z uh, Magna Carta cover, and some yeah. other people that were like these huge designers and just me sat on this like article being like oh look at these covers for Kanye and it was so weird and then she was like oh do you want to Kanye loves your stuff do you want to do another thing and I was like yeah yeah sure and they spoke to me about money and I realized that if I took the work I was going to get paid charged so much tax because my full-time job so I quit my job so I could work for like this stuff and I quit that and then I was doing some other bits and pieces for like magazines and stuff. And then someone came to me and was like, Oh, I love your stuff. You did for the Kanye stuff. I want you to do a children's book. And I was like, Oh yeah, cool. I'll do that for like 500 pounds. So I did some children's books with this lady. And then a year or so later, two of her books that I did got picked up by Macmillan. Um, and I've never seen like, it was, when like we'd been doing the business doing like charlotte does websites and branding i was doing illustration and we were doing it for about two years till this came in i've never seen so much money in my bank account like i have never i didn't know it was and it wasn't a lot of my, like this isn't to sound like 
it was like five figures and I'd never seen that before. Mm. And I was like, shit, we could actually do this. And now this was like three, two, three years in and finally was like, Oh, you know what? So there's a bit of a breakthrough then. Like you saw yeah, it. Yeah. 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 What I'll put on the note of your parents being unsupportive, cause I'm going to trump you with how unsupportive my parents are. My, <laughs> my little brother who I love to pieces was doing music um, production at uni at the time. The day I got the email about working with Pharrell, my mum said, Oh, did you tell them about your brother? Yeah. And I was like, didn't come up, mum. Wasn't, <laughs> wasn't a, uh, wasn't a thing to be mentioned. And she was like, Oh yeah, because it could be his big break. Oh, she, she about yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. And then when we got the book deal, she said to me, I wrote a child's book once. And I was wow. like, Oh, okay. And she was like, yeah, it was probably better than what you're doing. I was like, okay, brilliant. So like, People are going to be unsupportive of it. But then also a lot of the unsupportiveness does come from like fear. So like, yeah, absolutely. it's because they're scared. They're scared for you. So it's not coming necessarily like my parents from a negative place. They may be coming from a place of positivity, but mm. I would just use that as fuel to prove them wrong. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing I miss. I mean, they are, they are worried about it. They're worried about what am I going to do? What you know, can I ever get? they're worrying about houses and stuff like that and they're worrying about me uh making any money and can i support myself and yeah like you say it's a fear thing because they're from a generation as well that which they worked for a company their whole life there they they were well actually my granddad didn't he worked for himself but he for a while he did um work for a company but yeah they've always been in very safe situations uh one side of the family and then the other side yeah it's actually hard to explain because there's so many so much details to it but uh I get it. They're coming from a safe a place where they want their grand, grandson to be safe and, um, yeah. and and not have to worry about things. And uh, yeah, if you get a job, you are more than... But well. See, I would put this to them. No yeah. one can fire me from my job. If I lose a client, I can get another one. Like, yeah. it doesn't... Like, it's not the end of the world, but you could just be made redundant one day. So I would say it's less safe. But also, it's not about, not everything is about money. Sometimes it's about happiness and what you're happy doing. I can't work for a company because I don't fit in to that mold. I don't, I can't do the office banter because yeah. I don't want to be friends with people that work in an office. <laughs> like, but that's true. Like, yeah. Yeah, I remember sorry, like, no, 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 it's funny, but like, I, there's a great quote in like the UK office. I think it's like Tim says it, like you only you only know them, those people in that office, they're not your friends. You just know them because you once applied for a job, they applied for a job and you both walk around on the same piece of carpet every day. That's it. What mm -hmm. else do you have in common? Like, I don't care about Sue and her baby. And I don't care about like, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I don't care. Like the office I work, used to work in, they, the they would- Small talk like, shit. Oh, the amount of times people were talking about like, like, oh, do you see the Spurs game? No, I didn't. <laughs> and I don't want to hear about it either. And like, I don't care about Love Island, and I don't want to listen to yeah, Love Island. Island. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> no, and like, that. it's okay to be that person, like, because, and but it's it's not even that's not a negative thing. Those people don't want me in their office either. Hmm. Like, they don't want like the tattooed weirdo coming in, listening to like you know, H2O and sick of it all 
that's not what they want. They want someone to come in and be like, you know, talking about how they ate a whole bowl of Galaxy last night watching Love Island and they can't <laughs> wait to have a Prosecco on Friday. That's, that's the reality of what those people want. And they don't want me. So, like, I have rejected them. And, you know, I've moved away from that. And yeah. you can do that as well. Like, what, if you take, like, your grandparents' advice and go and get a job what's to say like and this is super dark but what's to say you don't get to the point i was where you're suicidal and you and you, you kill yourself and like then how are they gonna feel and i know that's like super drastic but it's no, a harsh it's reality yeah. yeah yeah of what I, there's there's been like whenever i try and get a job and i've only i've only done it three times where i've had a job which um i've been there for six months and uh, something about that six month mark that I've noticed after six after after having a period of time there that doesn't matter what it is I've, I've been two design jobs and it's another job making lanyards and I've been, I was in the office pretty much running the business here and there and also doing design stuff um, and it was still got to that six month point of going to the same place having the same small talk having I don't know it's something about that that routine of being around people that you're sharing an office with, sharing, sitting next to, and it's the same thing each day, and um, small talk, and just, oh, how are you today? But no one really cares. Uh, it's that, that point where you're like, I, I can't do this. I just, mm. there's, there's something about me in six months where I, I, just, I just can't do it. And uh, I get very, very anxious, or, or I did when I was there, I got very, very anxious and, and just didn't want to go back and got very sick of the people, even though they're, you know, they're nice people, if you think about it, and actually spoke to them on a, on a less regular basis but um i don't know yeah is it have you ever thought about when you've uh if you've got to the point where in the print shop where you've where you got to the point where you're just like it's just the same thing i just can't do it it's just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i did i i would sit there some days yeah. and like i would just hear the like the mindless conversations and like yeah. stuff and then i realized that i was learning so much about these people that meant nothing. It was meaningless to me. Absolutely. And I just got to the point where I was like, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. Like, and that's when the work for like working for rail, when those people came in, that it was, it was the time to cut the tie and say like, and when I left, they said, you can come back in like freelance for us two days a week. And I was like, Oh, okay. I went in once. I did one day, I couldn't go back in there because it was just not what I wanted to do. Like it wasn't me and I didn't want to be around. And it, like, I hate saying like, I don't want to be around those people. Cause like you say, some of them were nice people. Like there's people from there I still talk to and we had things in common, but it's the masses like, and the politics and the office politics. And I just couldn't mm. anymore because you can't voice your opinion like a lot of the time. So you'd be sitting there listening to like, you know someone ranting on and on about like you know immigrants or something and you're like oh i actually have a like that's offensive to me but you can't say that in an office you can't just start a fight so you just and like swallow uh, it and be like oh but the problem is is people who have outrageous opinions have the biggest mouths so and and it took me back to a lot of like what it was like at school with bullying and being on the outside and not necessarily like fitting in like I'd, i i've never fit in i don't want to fit in though like either and then that comes back to like our what we're doing now with our work like we are 
the young cool kids and we know that like yeah. we're very aware that like we're like hanging with outsiders but that's cool right like because like i it's difficult maybe like if you don't know the terms but like would you rather like i'd rather be like vans than clark's or right. i'd rather be like kat von d's makeup than rimmel like i want to be with the cool kids like to me they're the cool kids and like they're doing their own thing and but i know that for the masses it's the other way around but i don't want the masses so when we do like with our work is i try and make stuff like this is, brings me back to the weirdness that nobody asked for so like my post most recent post was yesterday posting about like you know the abortion law in alabama and it's the two girls from archie comics protesting it nobody asked for that but yeah. i'm gonna say it because it's disgusting what's happening and it's adding that weirdness to something that like is seen as uber american like with the archie thing but going like you know what it's sick this is sickening and i'm gonna mm. put this weirdness on it and we lost like followers but on the same note we lose on average of three to four hundred followers every time i post a drawing of a black person jesus but good riddance like Shit. i mean it's a weird thing to talk about but if you look for our instagram feed every post has got over a thousand posts apart from the one i post of a black lady Fucking hell. yeah and it's got like 500 and so now that makes me go like oh, i'm just gonna post black people all day every day and if we get the more racist the unfollowers, the better. So it's, I, I don't want to be around those people. If you don't like my work because the person's skin color isn't the same as yours, then you can leave, you know? Do you think that's a coincidence anyway? Or do you think that's actually linked? Sorry? Do you think that may be a coincidence or do you think it's just actually linked? I think it's, uh, I don't know. I, it's hard to say. I know that, you could put it into like, if you, I, I don't know if this is fact, but I think that there is uh, some fact in, in like, you know, like the Disney princesses, little girls go for the one that has the same color hair as them. Yeah. So people want to see themselves every, so on social media, everyone wants everything to be about them. Yeah. So if they don't see, a, if they're white and they don't see a white person, they don't care. And they move on to the next thing so it's uh, mm. people want to project themselves into stuff if that makes sense so yeah. i think that you can people relate more to stuff that looks like them okay. um or doesn't look like them at all so if it was like a dog or a blue person because then it you know what i mean then it's there's no connection whatsoever but it's yeah i think there's a reason why there's not a black avenger intel black panther because in market research they would have gone well the majority of people come to these films are white and white people want to see white people and it's disgusting but then like this it's true in like what's really shocking is if you look at disney films and the highest gross in disney films the ones of people of color are less successful than the films of white people so like moana is their least successful modern film they've made i think but you know what i mean she's not white but mm. then 
you know, a talking car is more successful than that film. It's, it's absolutely shocking. But yeah, it, it's very strange that like, if I post an illustration of a black person, we will lose like 300 followers. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's, it's mad. Up. But good. Because yeah. that's 300 racists that aren't following our account. Yeah. yeah. And like we've had, we've lo- we lost like, I don't know, like yesterday we must have lost about 20 followers because I was posting about being pro-choice. Good. If you're not pro-choice, don't follow our account. I don't want you following our account. And like we've posted things about like gay and trans rights and people on followers. Again, good. Mm-hmm. I don't want a homophobe follow me. So like, yeah, so I'm happy. Be, that's it so i don't want the norm following. well the norm shouldn't be homophobic sadly a lot of the norm is but yeah so it's just i like to push that extremity in our work because i want the safe companies to not want to work with us because i don't want to do it like i don't want to make some norm company look punk to sell punk to the masses i want to work with people that are punk and sell punk to punk if yeah like. yeah because again that's come back to authenticity and uh yeah it's working for people you want to work for and that's um yeah that's a, that's a really that's, that's quite shocking actually <laughs> stuff you're saying there so uh, yeah it's got me a little bit um i get what you mean about sitting next to people and uh having different opinions and having to keep quiet because you don't want to don't want to rub them all away or you don't want to get fired or anything i don't know it could it could happen um yeah I, I don't know how much i should say about the last job but uh the people that i've worked i worked for they were uh, they're quite well off they're, they're very older white men and had those had those stereotypical views of the world um <laughs> the, the older white fairly rich men have uh and coming from a, a posh place in in the uk it's it's just it's what that that sort of person's like most of the time and um yeah, I had to keep quiet quite a few times when the, we topics like gay pride came up and um, topics like yeah, but like uh, it, a big thing when I was there was um, gay gay footballers and uh, talking about sports and and stuff like that and you know you just have the way that they were speaking about some of their customers as well behind their backs and just trying to make jokes about it wasn't wasn't great. Um, I don't know. It's just yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's, and it's quite hard to deal with. Yeah, and you, I just started to feel like I wasn't being true to myself because you are kind of forced to keep quiet. You also, know? you were around. If, if I noticed that myself, I was, I was starting to become them because if you're around someone that long, that much of time, you start picking up little traits. Yeah, I yeah. started laughing, and this is what really, really thought made me think I had to get out is that uh, I started picking up their laugh and uh, oh, posh, yeah. posh guys in Surrey and Guildford that area, they laughed. Oh, does my head in? Really does my head in? But. <laughs> Yeah, and you start picking it up and uh, start picking up their views, and all of a sudden you're you're them, and it's uh, it's a bit like my favorite films is The Fight Club, um, mm-hmm. and I just I just love the way it looks at the world, and um, a lot of things I think about relate back to that film, and yeah, it's uh, it's scary when you work for someone and you're around them the whole time, and you're trying to please yeah. them. But it also it comes from where you're from, doesn't it? As well, so like I grew up like with this like punk punk ethics so like the bands i listen to and the music i listen to is such positive music and the drive for change and these things so like it was put into me at an early age that i don't want to work for the man 
Like I want to do my own thing and be my own person. And I got permission to do that from, you know, the people that I looked up to gave me that permission to be myself. So like when you're sitting there and like you say, you start to hear these things and you're like, Oh, I need to say something because that's not right. Like look like frying all around like the N and the P word, you know, and like um, everyday racism and stuff. And you do, um, you start to think like, I need to say something. And why am I not saying something? And then like, I'd walk home from work being like, Oh, I should have said it. Like I should have said like, no, like, come on and stood up for the people there having a go at like, and I was more ashamed in myself that I didn't do that. And then that's when it was like, no, I've got to, I don't want to do this anymore. And like, I'd work in restaurants and stuff. And there was a lot of like, you know, sexual banter and stuff between like, you know, the, a lot of like, you know, the young waitresses and things. And I should have said something. Yeah. And it, like, you know, but you don't. And because you don't have the confidence at a young age to speak to someone like your boss twice your age and be like, you shouldn't say that about women. And it's terrible. And like, I should have, should have said something. So that's when I knew I just wanted to work on my own, like, well, like with Charlotte and like run us the small studio and like, we have our code of conduct and our ethics and we have like an intern here. Um, and she's incredible and she's like openly queer and amazing. And she fits our ethics. But if, I wouldn't, you know, I'm now in a position that if that stuff was going on here, it wouldn't be tolerated. Mm. And it, that goes with everyone we work with. Like, we don't talk about our clients behind their backs. Cool. Like, I don't even talk to ex-clients behind their back. I tell them to their face why I don't like them. And then we move on. Like, because we haven't got time for it. But it's if someone's upset us, we openly talk about it and we tell them that they've upset us. Um, and we burn a lot of bridges doing that, but we stay true to ourselves. Um, I think that's what my grandparents were scared of as well when I left that job, like burning bridges and, and not leaving things uh, in a bad way with other people because you never know when you might need them. But mm. there's plenty, there's enough people in the world where you don't need these two people that they work for. <laughs> there's a great, um, there's an amazing song. The title escapes my mind, but it's by a band called Grey Matter. And they have a lyric, burning bridges to stay warm. Like, and yeah, I yeah. love that like it's like burn all bridges to stay warm and I love that like I'd get that tattooed to me That's because fantastic, like actually. it's a great way to keep yourself like sane like I have burned every bridge to the ground for everyone I ever worked like when I worked as a waiter I walked out on one of the busiest days of the year and told the boss to go and F himself <laughs> now five yeah. years later they paid us to redo their website <laughs> nice one yeah nice one. Like I, what it's it all comes back to what's the worst thing that's going to happen. Like, and also if you're leaving, why would you want them? Mm. Like, so yeah, I just yeah, I burn all my bridges well and truly because like, I'm only going to leave a job or leave a client. Like we fire clients sometimes if they've upset us, mm. and why should we be upset? It is okay to tell someone that they've upset you, mm. and like people don't like it but like we worked for this guy um, i can't even tell you what he did because it's so obvious who it would be if i'm to say it but we were if, if he listened to this it'd be so funny but he um we worked with this guy and he was a racist sexist homophobic dirtbag 
and we told yeah and we and we told him like when and we worked for like one of the beast podcasts i think they're like one of the beast podcasts in the world and they made a joke about ariana grande and they said that the people who died in the manchester bombing deserved it because they listened to ariana grande and we fired them as a client and they paid us yeah they paid us a lot of money and we gave it back to them and they said you can keep it and we gave it back to them because i don't want their dirt money yeah, and like, us, yeah. you tell these people to their face and now I can come on your podcast and talk about it because they know how I feel about them and it's, no, it's not going to be any news to them if they hear it because they're going to be like oh Phil was honest like he just tell, told me that I was a piece of trash to my face yeah. and I was oh hopefully they can see that they were but yeah I just you just be honest to yourself and like it's, that's how my relationship with my parents broke down was I just wasn't being honest with myself and then I told them how I felt and they didn't like how I felt so then the relationship ended and like, I'm not saying to you you should go and tell your grandparents to stick it but like <laughs> but the thing is is like they've had their time they've done their thing and that's it and like yeah. now you're doing what you're doing and like at the end of the day so what like yeah like maybe you should be helping support like I don't think your family in a position where they need you to go and work at McDonald's yet. No, there's other things that I, I'm not don't really want to say on this podcast, yeah. but uh, there's, other, there's other things that could happen first before I have to go and work in a shop to, to support the family. Um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, I thought, one thing I do, I do want to mention is because it, it might feel like to some listeners that we're slightly uh, going back on ourselves because you're talking about being very true to yourself, but then at the start of the podcast, we said about working. Um, jobs you know, you know working off hundred dollar logo because we need the money to get to a certain mark um what what do you, what you're so obviously you want to stay true to yourself as much as possible yeah. when you're starting out you know it's not always possible like if you've got a local business that's struggling or it's something you truly believe in that you can take less money because you want to do the work and like i do work like i don't know if i said this to you on instagram before but like the first thing i did the kanye wes i did that for free and it led to working with Pharrell. Now, I guarantee you, nine out of ten designers say you don't do free work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we wouldn't have a business if it wasn't for free work. So it's all relative to your position at that time. I had a job, so I didn't need to charge Kanye Wes, some guy with a blog. And also, what was he going to pay me? He just run a Tumblr. Like, he's got no money. Like, I don't even know where he is now. You know, it's, it's so, like... It's all relative to where you are at that moment. And there's no shame in doing something as long as you're true to yourself. Like, and you're like, that's fine. There's a lady in the town we live in that does websites branding, right? And a year's hosting for a hundred pound. Now we can all joke about what that's going to look like. She's, you know, it does look exactly like what you think it's going to look like, but she's happy, but she's not saying anything otherwise. She's not walking around like some kind of Shoreditch hipster, you know, claiming to be Neville Brody. She's saying, I'll do this for a hundred quid and you'll get a hundred quid's worth of design at the end of it. You know, it's so she's being like as bad as that is. And she shouldn't be doing that. And it's bad for the industry. She's true to herself. And that's all you can ask of people. And her, the people that go to her are never going to come to us. So it doesn't matter. Oh, they're never going to come to you or anyone else because 
they're spending a hundred pound and would you want them? But those people also don't have any more money than that. They're not sitting there going, Oh, I was going to spend 30 grand on this website and branding. Thank God she came around. It's that saved me 29,900 pounds. <laughs> that's, that's not a reality. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about anything as long as you're being true to yourself. So if you like are saying like there's a certain amount of money that you can be brought for, that's fine as long as that is your consistent brand. So if you were like Mark, like, you know, like Blue Deer Design, I don't know, like, we'll do anything, right? As long as, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> then you have to then be like, well, you know, it's, that's very hard because, but again, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, so then, yeah as long as you're consistent with that approach. So then you have to understand that most people aren't going to like you because they're going to be going, Oh, well that Mark will sell his soul for anything. Yeah. If you do that and you are Mark, I just do everything. Then people are going to be, Oh yeah. People aren't going to be happy about it. like, but then I guess like, I don't know. I don't think Saatchi vet their clients, do they? I imagine they just take anyone like, yeah, and just charge them. Like, for example, like I, <laughs> this is going to make me sound like Ian Bernard, but if you think of it like a plumber or a builder, right? Yeah. Could you imagine if a builder went around someone's house and was like, oh, I'm working here, he's racist. It doesn't matter. They just get on with it. So if you treat design that way, which is fine, and you want to be that way, then yeah, do it. But then I, like I said to you, when you were in America, don't eat Chick-fil-A. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't agree with them because they believe in electrocuting gay people. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Cool. Yeah, so I don't support their business. Now, there's loads of businesses I don't support. The problem with that is, is then makes it very hard to find somewhere to eat. But you have to just do you. Like, I can't eat that food because I'm. That it disgusts me. What that company just say that I, I didn't know about that before I. No, no. <laughs> nobody, nobody does. But you know what I mean. Like once you've been educated on something, it is up to you to, and you don't have to care about every course either. Like it's okay sometimes to say, "Oh, you know what? I like their chicken." Mm. You know it, and for for me, that's not an option. But they've still got thousands and thousands of restaurants, so people are ignoring it so well it comes out to a lot of things like nike and slavery and, and making uh shoes and stuff and like yeah, sure. using cheap labor and yeah. just, just there's loads of companies do it all these big companies like apple and everyone's using cheap labor and uh like properly pretty much slavery to uh to to make products that are yeah. seen as cool and premium yeah i mean i've recently switched to huawei for my phone yeah and they're openly spying on me for the chinese government yeah you're gonna get trapped and you're gonna get shot yeah. someday <laughs> Definitely. But I've turned a blind eye <laughs> to that because yeah, um, yeah. it's got a really good camera. But it's, yeah. Yeah, it's the same as like shopping in Primark, like, or is a terrible thing, but I'd still do it because I can't afford not to. Because um, I'm not going to spend more than six pounds on a pair of jeans, mm. which is terrible. And I wish I had better morals. Like, I, I, I wish I had a better means than to have to do that. But that's my situation. So I can't, you know, it's not, you know, I'm a product of my situation. So that takes you back to your hundred pound logo. It's okay to do that if that's what you have to do. Nobody's saying, 
nobody's saying put a flag up saying i'm mark i do logos for 100 pound forever but if that's what you have to do to survive what do people expect you to do just sit there like i hear on like your podcast i've heard it on other podcasts these people come in and say oh people should charge more people should be doing this there should be a minimum like oh like 20 grand a logo could you imagine like <laughs> at where you are now yeah telling someone you want 20,000 pounds for a logo nah it's not happening is it even a thousand pounds is still like pushing it it's terrifying yeah, yeah. but also i know from like working with bigger companies they don't have that kind of budget and part of that is because things like wix exist and they can get one for 50 pence or how much wix charge for a logo but no one has that kind of budget anymore yeah and i'm sure like someone is gonna say oh actually i once did a logo for adidas and they had twenty thousand, and it wasn't a problem but so that's not everyone's reality yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's not necessarily your reality so like mm. it's all relative and it's all relative to like where you live what you're doing because it's incredibly white privilege to say you should be charging this much money when you live in like new york or san francisco this is how much money you should charge what so if that's everyone in design then so people in south africa should charge that then but because yeah. that's not going to happen but that's their white privilege saying and and a lot of the time male privilege saying this is what i do and it's this nature of oh i do it so that's the answer and anyone that doesn't do what i do is an idiot and that's and that's a really dangerous thing because most of us are, are creatives to find our own path yeah and if you only need like say you worked out you only need a thousand pound a month to live what's wrong with doing 10 logos for a hundred pound if you're happy and whatever that's fine because that client isn't the client of the person that wants more money so that person's got no right to be angry at you yeah yeah i i just get very frustrated with people um we talked about a little bit of just being miserable and just just moaning about other people and why can't people just get on their own their own path and just be happy with what they're doing and, and if everyone did that then it'd be a lot better wouldn't it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and that's like taking it back to like you know some of the people like we get to work with and the music that inspires what we do there's like one of the bands like you know i you should definitely check out is h2o and like bands like sick of it all and if you can look past like how angry the music sounds but like i have it tattooed to my wrist pma like positive mental attitude and like pma every day and i that's what you have to tell yourself and just be positive about things and be like try and be a positive vessel for change in in things like and stop caring about other people like i don't care what's going on i couldn't care less i couldn't care less how much you charge for a logo or a website i couldn't care less really how much we charge like it doesn't like i just don't care and like i don't look at anyone else's business and see what they do like instagram like i i hear like all these people with this social anxiety about like oh i don't have followers i don't have this so who cares mm. like we up until recently we had 400 followers but we will it, this is something that it really like it really makes me laugh but like there's a i, I saw a designer who has thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers and he said all i want to do is design a children's book design a vinyl cover and work for a coffee company 
we had 400 followers that week. I just signed my contract with Macmillan for our, for two children's books. I was working on a vinyl cover and we just finished working with a coffee company. <laughs> and I yeah. thought to myself, he wants what I have, but mm. I'm looking at his followers. Like he's this big almighty design God just because yep. he's got this number next to his name, but he wants to do what I'm doing. And then I just, changed my outlook completely on all of this stuff and realized that the whole thing is just rubbish and if you just keep your head up and you keep true to yourself eventually you can spread your message of what you are and hopefully your message is a message of positivity and you're not like well i'm going to do stuff for the brexit party and ukip and <laughs> and like i'm going to do a bunch of white power stuff like but if you try and keep a positive message yeah uh, throughout and being positive then positivity will come back to you because people are going to go like what i hope is people will be like oh phil and charlotte they just want to do stuff and they want to make people smile and they want to do this stuff but they also want to do stuff that's politically focused and morally ethical and positive and they're working towards a positive end goal and that's what like you can hope that your company or what you're doing will be and be an agent for change rather than I want to get to a point so that people see me as successful and then I can sell them a course on Skillshare about how to become as successful as me. Like that's not a way to live. That's mental. <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. Imagine if you got like a plumber in and they were like, mm. Oh mate, see how I'm doing all this plumbing. And you're like, yeah, for 12 99 a month, if you join my Skillshare class, <laughs> you too can learn to be a plumber. You'd be like, what on earth are you talking about, mate? And then we were saying, like, wouldn't it be weird at the end of, like, say you're watching, like, the Jonathan Ross show, and at the end, Jonathan Ross was like, oh, if you sign up to Skillshare, I've got a class now to be a talk show host. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It'd be mental. Yeah, yeah it would, For some yeah. reason, be it design has become about who can be the most famous designer. But like I said at the beginning, it's a fool's errand, because nobody mm. cares. Like, this, I can... Sorry, I, can, I was going to say... Go on, no, go, actually, sorry, go ahead. I can no, guarantee you, right... Because I'm looking behind you. Do you know who designed the England Free Lions badge? <laughs> Fucking no one. I right, no but idea. you. But this is the weird thing. You love football design, and you've yep. got the shirt hanging up, but I you don't know, know who designed it. So who cares? Yeah. Like nobody cares. Like yeah. to the point, it's meant. It's the most liberating thing in the world because what you're doing is disposable, and nobody cares about it. Like apart from other designers looking at your work. So like, yeah, you just. Um, just need to get out of that mindset that it matters and just I, focus on your own goals. I'm looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three lines. Um, I'm only looking it up because I'm, I'm really interested now, actually. Uh, but also, the thing of what I think also, I don't, want, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're saying you don't care, but you're, you care about your own things. You don't care yeah, about yeah. Um, things that don't matter. You're using energy on things that you care about rather than. That's um, exactly it. Okay. Yeah. I just don't want people to come. I don't want people to come away from this podcast and think, oh, I don't need to care about anything. It's all good." <laughs> no, no. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about the stuff that's a waste of my time. Yeah. Like, yeah. We should select, we should be selective of what we're caring about. Yeah, yeah. But at the same thing, if you want to be a famous graphic designer, go and do it. Yeah. But then don't talk down to people that don't. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just don't post positive. your your life and everything i say on this podcast can be 
you don't have to like no one listen to this should listen to a word i'm saying if that makes sense like because this is my path and it's not necessarily right for everybody because it's like you're like if you take it back to what you're saying like your nan saying she get a job some people are going to say oh she's right Mm. right and some people are going to say nah like give her a slap like it's <laughs> neither of them are necessarily what you should do but a lot of the time people take advice from the person with the biggest following the person that shouts the loudest and the person that the last person they heard mm. so like it's a really weird analogy but the other day we were talking about um like our our puppy um got ill and my wife was like really worried about it. And we went to the vet and everything. And then um, she was like Googling things. But I said to her, like, what point do we get to where, which one are we going to listen to? Just the last one we heard yeah. and stopped reading. Like, this is all such mixed opinions. And every single thing on there was different to the next. So where do you choose that advice? So all you can really do is take a bit of everything and make your own journey or just wait till he gets better and then you know how to deal with it in the future and your yeah. own experience so sometimes like you don't yeah i just think like we're all becoming a little bit like evangelical about like like you know it's like rather than saying oh i just did a children's book it's like i just did a children's book and now listen to me tell you about how great i am about how i did it yeah and that bit doesn't need to be there because it's like if I said to you, like, you know, I don't want to ever slide into your DMs and be like, Mark, you're an idiot. This is what you should be doing. <laughs> Come and listen to me. There was that one message yeah. the other day. I said, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good point because it, it's this thing in my ankle. I, I had a really bad injury playing football um, and twisted my ankle really badly, which I've only just managed to get a surgery date for, um, an operation date for, because it was that bad. Um, there's a bit of bone that slipped and everything. But if I hadn't, if I hadn't have gone to the doctors after, after three months of not going, because I thought it would be okay. Uh, if I just listened to the GP, I wouldn't be. I still have a bad, really bad ankle. I wouldn't be any closer to fixing. And um, and if I hadn't listened to it at all and had never gone to the hospital mm. about it, um, I might not be able to walk when I'm sixty, because <laughs> it might have seized up. Um, so I'm glad that it's, you know, I need to, you do need to be selective of who you're listening to and um, think about, yeah, think about what you're uh, being told all the time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting topic talking and, and the conversation. Um, and I guess that's why podcasts are available and are around as well, because you, you can hear other people's opinions and formulate your own opinion on people you're listening to. And there's probably a reason why I listen to and, and relate to Joe Rogan a lot more than other podcasters. And, um, and there's no coincidence that I'm, most of my opinions are probably similar to his. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, you definitely need to choose who, who you listen to carefully. And, uh, is that why you're buying so much whey protein? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just doing kettlebell workouts and eating elk. <laughs> I, um, I tried listening to Joe Rogan because he interviews a lot of people I like. Yeah. But I noticed that they all just end up talking about his workout regime. They fucking, like, they do actually, on, yeah. On the true. hour mark, he will just start talking about how he punches a water bag. Like, but he does it in like, it's the most unsubtle way. So he'll just be like, oh yeah, yeah, your book's good. Have you ever tried punching a water bag? 
when I'm running, what I find when I run in the morning, oh, and by the way, what I eat, and you're like, oh, this is the same on the last podcast. You said the same thing. Like, so I, I it does do that, yeah. I like yeah, the I'm bits he um, does, like, the, the clips. Like yeah. The, the little bits. But, like, <laughs> the worst, I said to, to, I said to Charlotte in here, because one of our bugbears is podcasts being too short because we mm. listen to them all day. And she said, I uh, put on a Joe Rogan. She was like, is this like seriously going to be four hours? I was like, yeah, let's stop. Because she was like, he's been talking about beef for the last hour and a half. And we were like, <laughs> yeah, I can't anymore. And like him like to whey protein. But like he's like genuinely like the people he has on are like, because Henry Rollins, who's like my hero, he did one like with him. And it was, the first hour was very interesting. Yeah. They're good. He's, got, he's, good, he's good on there. Those two work well together. I listened to those podcasts. He's done a couple of them, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his, uh, his, he did one with uh, Travis Barker that was incredible. And um, yeah, he's done what, uh, the leasing of the Cro-Mags. So he's done what, like, he's got a, he's, he must have like a foot in a punk and hardcore to get these people to come talk to him. But like, I find him like fascinating because um, I disagree with every single thing that he says. Um, because yeah. he, he's so like macho. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he makes me feel like um, strange when I listen to him. Like yeah. he's, I find him like, it's just like, yeah, very odd. But I, yeah, I just, until he starts to work whey protein, he's got my attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, this is turning into a Joe Rogan podcast. Are you right to talk a little bit? I am, on? yeah, no, cool. fine. Fantastic, all right, good. Um, can I just go for my water bottle up? Because I really need a drink. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Cheers. This is a short break in the podcast. We've never had this before. <laughs> yeah, so we're back from the break. <laughs> have, you, have you felt a bit like, and also the ups and downs of working for yourself as well? Because mm. you, you start doubting yourself sometimes as well. You're like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. Have you ever felt that? Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely the second half. I mean, I work with um, my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I'm not. I have some talk. She, she doesn't know. Yeah, I'm sure she feels like she's talking to like nobody. <laughs> she <talks> to <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean, I worked on my own before Charlotte came to work with, um, mm. like, before we worked together, and yeah. it's lonely. Like, it's super lonely. Like, um, so I would just listen to podcasts all day or um, watch TV. Um, I think the other part of your question about doubting yourself is very. Yeah, very true. Like you can, you can make thousands and thousands of pounds one month, and then like not have any work the first two weeks of the next month, and be like, "That's it, it's all over, I'm useless." And it's very easy to get in that mindset, or like, you know, um, things like you post something on Instagram, like you know, like I was saying about posting, like you know, um, polystyrene of the X-ray specs. It was the the black lady that I posted a picture of, and it got like half the amount of likes any other post gets and it's like oh that's it it's over the bubbles burst everyone's seen through me i'm a fraud and that imposter <laughs> syndrome um definitely comes into play but at the, the same time social media helps because you can talk to people and you realize everyone's in the same boat so like everyone mm -hmm. from like where you are in your career to when i i talk to people like tom ross or i talk to dave clayton like regularly they all feel the same everybody feels the same and i'm sure like neville brody wakes up and he feels the same but also again like and i can't emphasize how much we're all just people there's people that we've had come to us like 
we've been working with some people and we it's so i hate talking about it's such a weird way to talk about people but we did some work for a client and then she reached out to us and said that her friend who is a a like an a-lister wanted us to contact them because she was too shy to get in contact with us and you realize that just because she's successful and famous she's a human being who is insecure and we look at her and think oh she's so beautiful and talented and wonderful but she doesn't necessarily feel like that on the inside and everyone is going through that same same thing we're all a little bit scared and worried about you know the day-to-day of it and the pressure of running your own company is it's a lot it, it is a lot to take on but then the good outweighs that bad for me so i love if we want to go on holiday we just can we don't have to we don't have to fill out a timesheet and ask for holiday leave you can like go to the cinema in the middle of the day or like when like we went to see the end game uh midnight screening and all our friends were like oh yeah we can't because we've got work the next day and it's three hours long but for us we're just like well we'll go in later and you mm. can choose your hours of work and what suits you so for your mental health that's an incredibly powerful thing because if you want to work at night rather than the daytime you can like we're off um to see some clients in la for two weeks yeah, yeah so we're jet getting shutting off um <laughs> to go and hang with the rich and the famous but in that time we'll be taking time off to go to disneyland um which is something we're super passionate about but if we were doing that for business because we worked for someone, chances are we'd be flying there, having the meeting and flying home. Like, but we can make a little, you know, vacation out of it. Mm. Um, I get, I'm lucky because I get to work with my best friend in the whole world all day, every day, which is incredible. Um, and I get to do what, you know, most people I think wish they could do, like working with the person you love all day is great. And it's genuinely, it's fun. Like it, it, it genuinely is fun, like to run your own company. So it's great for your mental health, but then the bad times are that sometimes you, yeah, you just feel like a fraud. But you overcome that by talking to people. Mm. Like, um, you know, it is good to to speak to people, and every, and you just realise that everyone's going through it, um, and it's not just you, and especially at your age, um, oh, you're twenty two, right? No, twenty one. Yeah. Just turn twenty one. Yeah. yeah. So I had tried to kill myself twice by your age. Um, once when I was 17 and then when I was 19. And then the third time I tried to kill myself, I was 22. It's an incredibly powerful thing um, to be in that position and a liberating thing to live through it. But you, that my depression is uncontrollable. I, I'm born with depression. I suffer from bipolar. So it's not something that it doesn't matter to me. Like, so I could be a multimillionaire, um, you know, and it, it wouldn't matter. Um, it's chemical in my brain. But if you're feeling depressed from anything, the best thing to do is to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. And whether that's just to put something on Twitter, put something on Instagram, talk to your mum, like sometimes that's super powerful. Like 
um, even like you're doing, like you're playing football, like having like a kickabout or, and just talking to people. Like I used to skateboard in my youth and just having that bit of time with friends and stuff where it becomes about banter and having a little bit of a rip on each other over, um, you know, your own head and you quickly, the depression will get easier, but sometimes you just need to be open with it and honest about it. And it is okay. Like that's the most important thing is it is okay to be depressed. Like there's nothing wrong with it. The worst thing that anyone ever said to me is why don't you get over it? Um, I mean, I don't know what that achieves. Like as if I wasn't trying to get over it, but you, yeah, you, it's fine. Like, so if you're feeling depressed, there's always like, we're always here. And if anyone listened to this is they can contact us and we're more than happy just to listen to someone being depressed. It's, you know, and I will tell anyone who is depressed because they run their own business that, yeah, so are we every minute of every day. It's terrifying, but the good will outweigh the bad in the long run. And in the very worst thing that will happen, the worst thing, and I mean, this doesn't speak to if you're listening in America, but if you're, well, it does, it could go on welfare. If you're in England and you fail at graphic design, you can sign on. No, nothing's going to hurt you. And like where you are, you have a family home you can go back to. You know, you're safe and protected. The, the very worst things in life are you're going to end up dead or in prison. And if you're in prison, you get three meals a day. So it, what's the very worst thing that's going to happen? And like um, my counsellor told me, if you're dead, you don't know about it. Yeah. yeah. So it, it just is just speak out. If you're feeling that down, you just speak out to someone. And there's always going to be someone that goes, you know what? Yeah, me too. I feel that way. Or... I've had it happen to me. I, some of my best friends have said to me, I don't relate to that in the slightest, but let's go out. And you're out of your head. And it's important to get out of your head. So yeah, you're, and also like in your case, you're 22 or 21. So you're super young. So like, you know, if you are feeling down, like, you know, um, remember that, you know, you're going to be old one day like me. Old and, cra old and crabby and you know like at least you still have your youth and your good looks <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate that yeah, you, sure. i mean if, if design fairs you could go into modeling so but the, but the thing is like in all seriousness that's a really good point like if you're young and you're at uni or you're you know running your own business you can change what you do just because you've told people you're a designer now you don't have to be like charlotte did um her degrees in photography and now she's a website uh, designer and builder like you can change your mind no one's gonna come up back and go oh blue deer design eh? what are you doing now oh well i'm a i did a plastering course i'm a plasterer and no one's gonna go like oh like you're not gonna turn up for your first plastering job and the guy's gonna go oh so you failed as a designer then did you <laughs> like it's yeah, not gonna happen sorry. that's funny yeah, yeah. like it, it's like um I heard, um, like, there's a skateboarder called Mike Vallely, and he's, like, right. from, like, the 80s, and he invented, like, a lot of, like, skateboarding tricks and is an amazing influence on skateboarding, and he's now the lead singer of Black Flag, right? Oh. No one's going to turn up to a Black Flag show and be like, oh, skateboarding failed then. Singing now, are you? <laughs> you know, he's just doing something different. Yeah, yeah. 
you know so you don't have to worry about being criticized if you just want to change like you can do that anyone can do that you you're not set in stone and you're not a failure for that either like when we first started the business i did corporate design i don't do that anymore i don't want to do it but like no one is breathing down my neck about it i'm sure people had yeah you know, i'm sure someone said something but who cares like yeah. you can just like it's like um someone said to me the other day about i was mad that i deleted my instagram and uh, my linkedin and i was yeah, like yeah. why i didn't get any work from it and well, I, oh yeah it's not their it's not their it's, thing to be mad about either yeah it's coming back in a big way i was like i don't care like but it's yeah it, it doesn't make you a failure like by doing something different but yeah if you're depressed just speaking up is it's the number one thing because you don't want to get to the point where i got where you're you know trying yeah. to kill yourself um which isn't you know a very pleasant place to be um, very yeah good. and there's so many things out there to help as well if, if you, you know if you like you can't talk to family members or anything but uh yeah um how do, how do you think a design can impact this um as as a as an industry because you see you see like uh protests and things around uh, around social issues um and if, if design can have an impact on on these sort of matters how do you think design can impact uh, mental health um i think massively like i some of my favorite design work is the samaritans posters at the train station i think it's super witty yeah super clever like um they always like kind of stick with you so having that out there is a huge thing uh, on social media like you often see like little things don't you like people have made i think when you're talking about like protest and social change that design that's great comes from people so that's often the best design like stuff that is authentically from someone so like when you look at these protest placards some of the mm. trump ones are hilarious but they've come from like a, a real human it's a personality yeah and their personality and them trying to say something whereas um i don't think that can be manufactured um by a design company i and i think it would become very false if it was but um it would be very interesting in what you're doing um with mixing the mental health and the football thing together because the kind of the stereotype football fan probably isn't thinking about mental health absolutely yeah yeah or not that they're not thinking about it it's probably not cool to be thinking about it yeah because they're like you know the typical middle-aged man who who's, you know, drinks six pints and goes to a football match and is the hard man yeah okay yeah. because i i don't think i'm wrong in saying that there's still not an there's not an openly gay football league player is there uh yeah you're right yeah there isn't yeah yeah I'm i mean that's sure. yeah that's shocking yes, I think it's, it's, there's 92 teams and there's yeah. 11 teams on the pitch, 11 players on the pitch, pitch yeah. plus, plus all of the squad. So what, 30 players in the squad? Yeah, and I mean, there's... Like the academy, and there's oh, yeah. 92. It's ridiculous, yeah. yeah. Like there's... There, how many people... Um, just thinking Man City have got 400 players in their squad, haven't they? Um, yeah. The, yeah, they're just all on the bench. Um, so <laughs> the, uh, they must statistically be one gay person playing for Man City. Oh, absolutely. But like, the problem is, is you can't tackle homophobia and mental health in football until we've kind of finished tackling racism, which hasn't managed to be stopped. So far behind, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't enjoy football 
like I love the sport. I'm an, a big ice hockey fan. Nice. Um, so it's not like I'm like, I'm so punk. I hate sport. I, I, I love hockey and I used to enjoy football, but I can't anymore because of the racism and the homophobia and the stereotype fan. I find it very difficult. Um, and I feel like I don't belong in like, you know, the same as I said, no one wants me working in their office. No one really wants me at their football matches. Um, I don't think, um, and also, it's very hard for me being a West Ham fan, because... That's crazy, you're a West Ham right fan. Right, West Ham, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm also yeah. very much of the, that's where, like, my family are from. So I'm very much a believer you support the team where you're from. Like, oh, I find yeah. Hard, but my wife's from, like, my wife's from here, and she supports Liverpool. Like, that's shocking to me. But, you know, when... It's very hard, like, you say, tackle mental health. When there's... Like Liverpool are a good example. Man United chant about their fans being killed at Liverpool, right? Yeah, it's disgusting, yeah. In 2019. Like, it's absolutely disgusting. So, but imagine, and the mental health effect, that a lot of the, uh, it's 96, isn't it, people that died at, um, at Hillsborough. Yeah. Um, imagine being the parents or family or someone that knew someone that died there and you go to a game and meanwhile the rival club are chanting about how they're glad your loved one's dead yeah like so the mental health effect is so massive but that seems banter so it's very hard to stamp something out and say we should be talking about mental health in football when meanwhile the fans are doing stuff like that so I think there's a, there's a lot of fans that disagree with that um, from United as well for, for any team that is chanting yeah. that. But there's a, it's only a very certain few player, uh, people and fans. But this goes back to uh, what I said about people in the workplace that say outrageous things. It's the mm. people with the biggest mouths say right. outrageous stuff. So it's shocking that you, if you're watching Sky Sports, you can hear it in the crowd. Like you know, we all know the chants. So mm. like. It, and I think it's shocking to anyone outside of England hearing this, that this is going on. Like, it's, it is sickening. Um, yep. But there does need to be something done in the bigger picture that why don't we have openly gay players? Why don't we have players talking about suicide or, you know, these, like, you know, the impact of the pressure of the game and the financial pressure? Why aren't people saying anything and design probably can help that i know they do the like the pink places don't they the joey there's a few a few things that we've well i say we i mean the industry has tried to help with mm. um there's rainbow laces by the Stone, rainbow laces. um a company called stonewall who are, who are very much trying to do that and um, i used to wear a pair of those actually they're really cool laces uh, mm. and they obviously stand for a really important thing so um but even, even then I'm, like, I'm not professional i got teased for wearing them that's ridiculous uh, <laughs> Um, so it's all the way through football. It's just that horrible, horrible mentality that stereotypes football. Like, fans. look at the way um, Sterling gets treated. Yeah, isn't like, it? yeah, by like, fans and the media, everything. Yeah, by the fans of his own club and his own country. Like, shocking behaviour. Um, and design probably could go some way to stamping that out. I know, like, there is obviously the stamp it out campaign, but mm. yeah, you could probably do something i think quite powerful 
Um, it has. There's something that needs to be done that hasn't been done yet, especially with the racism stuff. Um, it, it's not. The, uh, who was it this year? I tried to do a big campaign with um, Kick It Out. I think it might have been Dixon. No, it wasn't Dixon. Actually, it was. It might have been Design Studio. Someone tried to do it um, with the black and white branding for football matches, and it was televised, and everyone, everything was black and white. Uh, but so, yeah, anyway. But there's something that needs to be done on a bigger scale. But I don't know what it is. That's the thing. What do you think? Do you, have you got any ideas of what it could be that would make as big a shock as it needs to, to where people go, actually, that's not right to say in front no, of kids. This is yeah. So this is the difficult thing with it all is that we're very much... Uh, have you seen the new Avengers film? I haven't, no. So there's a great line in it that Tony says, um, well, Iron Man, um, says that he's <laughs> fighting with Captain America and he says, yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, he says, we're very much after the fact. We're the Avengers, right? We're not the, you know, the defenders. We wait for it to happen and then we react. Yeah. And that is very true of everything. So like my older brother died of cot death and nothing was done until a celebrity's child died of cot death. And then it was a big nationwide thing. Jeremy Kyle, which for your American listeners is a kind of Jerry Springer type show that we have has been taken off the air because someone has killed themselves. Now we've not looked at all the other people that may have been affected by that show, but now that something massive has finally happened, now we can look at it. Now we can avenge that person and take Jerry Carl off the air and look at the fact that putting people from low-income families on telly for everyone to laugh at probably isn't a good idea. And that, sadly, is what will happen with football. A player will kill themselves, and then we will look at why. But until that happens, it will be ignored. Because the Football League only cares about money. So they, they don't care. So until Sterling or another black player is stabbed to death by a fan... Then we'll look at that and that will be seen as maybe we should be looking at stopping that. But unfortunately, these, the minorities aren't in a place to speak out. And it's the same with the, like being an openly gay footballer. Imagine wanting to be the first, you know, because you, you're going to look around the pitch and go, the fans are, are having a go at my black teammate. So I'm not going to say anything. Someone else can be the first. So it's, it's very much a, a reactionary thing. With the mental health thing, I do think that there should be Samaritan stuff in the programmes. Massive. Like, I really do. But do Samaritans have the budget to get into a football programme? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much an advert in a football programme is, but I can imagine it's not cheap. Yeah, it depends yeah. what club it is. And again, it's this trickle-down economics of it only works at the highest level. Um, yeah, so the whole thing is, it's pretty disgusting. And then also with football or any sport, it's got to be the right person that does it because people don't like certain people. So like if Joey Barton was to say, you should be talking about men's health, but like mental health, everyone's going to go, who cares about him? Cause a lot of people hate him. Whereas if it was David Beckham, people might listen. So you've got to be the right person. It's got to be the right climate. And sadly nine out of 10 times, it's going to be after the fact. And that's a lot of design for um, social calls is after the fact. It's like Americans only talk about gun control after someone's gone and killed loads of people in a school. Mm. And that sounds like maybe you're picking on Americans, but it's the same thing. You're too young to remember um, it. But in Scotland, when there was the school, the guy went in and 
killed all those kids. Then they started talking about it in this country. And it's like at the moment we have the stabbings and the knife culture. And now that's a problem because people are getting stabbed. It, was, it wasn't a problem when knife companies started selling zombie killer knives on Amazon. No one thought, no one cared. But then when people started getting killed, it, so it's, it is avenger, you know, that it's reactionary. Mm. And that is the problem with most things that are social change. So sadly, if you want to make an impact in mental health in football, you've got to wait for a footballer to commit suicide. That, that gave, when you first said that, that gave me a real, I started, like my, my eyes, are, I've got a bit of tearing in them now. And uh, that gave me a real shiver. <laughs> um, See, just... now, it's shocking to say, but I've been through this with, like, like I'm wearing an Amy Winehouse t-shirt at the moment. I've mm. been through this with my passion of music. Look how many people we've lost from like Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, yeah. you know, um, Chester ben, Benson from um, Lincoln Park. Yeah. Um, these people, and they're not necessarily musicians I like, but we have that conversation in music about what can be done to look after people because someone has killed themselves. That conversation became very prevalent when I was young, when Kurt Cobain killed himself. I remember it being on the news. I was only about eight years old, but I remember it being talk talked about in school. And, but the sad thing is we lost someone for that to be a discussion, like a conversation. And it shouldn't be that way. We should be looking at, especially with people like Amy, we should be looking at, oh, it's probably a bad idea that she takes a lot of heroin and drinking herself yeah. to death and we're pressuring her to keep releasing music. Maybe we should give her a break, not she kills herself and then we all talk about it afterwards, how sad it is. So mm. that's, yeah, the, the problem is you need, we're only reactionary. And as a race, uh, as a race, as a, as humanity, we are reactionary. It, it's funny that they say it in the film, but it's weird that our Earth's mightiest heroes are the Avengers. That we're yeah. waiting for the catastrophe to show greatness. Yeah. You know, so it's, um, it is a, it's shocking, really. But uh, yeah, there's nothing more I can say. But you, you, Sorry for being such a prison. No, no, it's an important discussion. Uh, you can't read. Really, it's hard to look ahead as well. Like, it's hard to look at racism and football interest and think, okay, what can we do to change it? And then look ahead and, and, and actually try and plan things because you don't know. You know, actually, you, you've got to do some serious work on it and, and unless you find someone's willing to do it and has the budget to do it and talk to every single player that there's there is in the top leagues mm. i don't know i mean they definitely could and they, they could do a lot more than they are doing that's for sure um but yeah it's just it's just a it's a hard one to call before it happens like you say yeah and also the premier league is sold on glamour yeah. so it's not really glamorous is it for you know whoever to come out and say oh i suffer from mental health issues you know because Again, these people, you forget how young footballers are and it won't be till you're my age and realise like the other day I found out Mark Noble um, is younger than me. Mm. I've known Mark Noble playing football from, it seems like my entire life. So I assumed he was in his like 50s. <laughs> Still going um, strong. Um, yeah. No, but um, there's kids my age, like, like becoming the best Premier League, the best, Mbappe, the guy who plays PSG, he's, he's what is he, 19. He's one of the world's best players. He's 19. Think of how much abuse he gets uh, every single day from grown men. Yeah. It just Even on social media and just in real life at grounds. And 
it's such a it is it's hard to talk about because it's it's so wrong um, imagine like and i don't know about american sport because i've only been to hockey games there and there doesn't seem to be the same attitude there right. imagine you sitting at your job and someone paying money to come and see you do your job because they like you and heckling you the entire time you do it yeah like, mad It'd be like, imagine someone standing behind you in a Blue Deer t-shirt, just heckling you the whole time. And that's one reason why footballers Absolutely. get paid so much as well. People, this argument is silly, because one reason why footballers get paid so much is because they have to deal with all of this. And they also, they can't go out in the streets because they're so famous. And they, you know, they're, they're, there's Foot, a few different reasons. Footballers but. get paid a lot of money because, like, this is a, a good thing to, a good life lesson. There's no such thing, apart from Beckham, gigs, few of them, there's not many rich ex-footballers. The reason they get paid so much money is because their career is about five years. And There's also, loads of factors, yeah. Yeah, their yeah. career can be sure. ended in a second. Look at um, my boy, um, Jamie Redknapp, right? Yeah. Now, Jamie Redknapp's like my favourite footballer of all time because I just think he's brilliant as a human being, but his career was ended, like, you know, professionally after a few years, you know? Um, so their earning level has to be higher. Imagine if, like... Again, imagine being a graphic designer and you're working and every five, like once, you know, a week on a Saturday when you're doing some design work, someone keeps coming in and trying to smash your wrist up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Or someone goes, well, you can only do this once you're in peak physical fitness. So you've got five years to get as much going as possible. You know? <laughs> I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. That's a really good point. So people will, you know, that's why they get paid so much because their career is so short. Yeah. So if you break down how much they get paid, it's probably not so much over their entire life. And there's no such thing. Like I say, there's not a lot of rich ex-footballers because with what they do becomes addiction, gambling addiction. Um, my father-in-law was telling me this the other day about an ex-boxer who was on TV. And he said when he retired, he just walked around his hometown crying because he didn't know what to do. Because like mm. punching people for a living had ended. So he just didn't know what to do with himself. So he just cried for days. And I was watching that, um, the thing about Harry Redknapp and the old guys, you know, mm. and we talk about them people like they're super old. They're younger than my dad. Some of them were like 40. They're 10 years older than me. And they're like, oh, look how old and haggard they are. Like, um, who's the, you're going to have to cut all this out because it's just football talking. But who, Robbie Fowler. Yeah. Robbie Fowler's not old. No, but no, no. We talk about him like he's a dinosaur. It's, it's yeah. craziness, isn't it? Like, so that's why they get paid so much money is just um, because it just, it's gone within seconds. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I, this, this was really a part of the conversation about, about uh, mental health. And I hope for there's something that comes out of this conversation where someone that's in the football creative world, maybe it's me, I don't know, who, know, who knows what's going to happen in the future, but has a big enough impact where they can um, go up to one of these well these these organizations like Stonewall or like uh, um, kick it out campaign and actually make a difference because what they're doing at the moment is not enough um, even though they're putting a lot of money into it it's not still not enough so I think there should be someone that can make a bigger difference than what they're doing at the moment for sure uh, I don't know we'll see what happens but hopefully it's soon <laughs> yeah. As if this podcast is going to help, but hopefully. 
yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to cover? I know we've talked quite a lot. I'm sorry for taking up so much of your time, but this has been, I really appreciate this. <laughs> that's no problem, Mark. I'm waiting for your big questions. You always yeah, do your yeah, big yeah, questions. Yeah. We're going to do them. We're going to do them. Are you ready for them? I'm always ready. The, your, <laughs> your podcast is the deepest design podcast of all time. Like, there's a, I would have named it a deep design podcast, but there's a, there's a podcast called the Deeply Design Podcast, and it just goes into a little bit of depth about design stuff. And I like, I like understanding people. I, I, you know what, like what I love about it is I've listened to every episode you've done and there's certain people where I listen really? to really every single one, every single one. Jesus and, I, Christ. I, <laughs> and there's certain people I listen to talk and I'm like, Oh, like, no, no way. Like, <laughs> and I look at their work and then like, I'm like, Oh, well, I, I kind of get like them. Like, yeah but I don't agree with a single thing they've said. And then I look at other people whose work I would normally, I might've passed off and I think, oh no, they're what an awesome person. Hmm. And I think that like, it's really nice. It's really refreshing to have it be about the person rather than the work. Because at the end of the day, it's all just a bunch of pixels. Hmm. Who cares? Like, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, and it's all disposable, but as an industry, we are an industry of human beings. And I think it's, we we've become an industry of instagram profiles yeah and like i think a lot of people just go oh less than ten thousand followers who cares next um but you know there's people who've got something to say and it's nice to have a podcast and like the ones i listen to religiously are like you the honest designers and uh he shoots he draws and i find that's the same the thing ones. yeah the good ones. but no i find that the free of you talk about things in such different ways but it's all about people not mm. the product or the how successful they are because it's not relevant to anybody and it's nice to and i find that especially with like um dave and glenn quite often i'm yeah. like i ne i don't care about this photographer but they're really interesting yeah 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 you're going on their show soon aren't you i am i'm recording it tomorrow yeah, I, I started speaking to Dave about um, what he was going to talk to you about, and I said like, I'll try and cross promote. So if anyone's listening to this and likes uh, Dave Clayton, which you all should, um, and you like talk, listening to you like this conversation, go and listen to more of yourself talk, more of Rob Phil talk. Yeah, I, I was saying to Charlotte because they don't do the swearing, do they? Yeah, yeah, I, they don't, yeah. Because I'm like my parents are Cockney, I can't not do it. <laughs> like I, I had a real hard time, so I've been practicing not swearing. So Charlotte yeah. kept saying, "Just act as though you're talking like we've got a baby niece." So she's like, "Just pretend Dave's like a baby, and you can't <laughs> swear around him." She's like, "Pretend Dave doesn't know swear words." But I said, "I'm just yeah. going to go into like oh like into the like toilet here at work and just be like fuck." Yeah. <laughs> like, for, get all out. Really well, get, get all out, out before the podcast. Like, go in and be like, right, I'm ready, because like, I don't <laughs> swear for impact; it just comes out. Yes, like I, yeah. I, I just can't help swearing. And like, I was just like, oh, I don't want to upset Dave. Because like Dave's of a generation <laughs> that don't like swearing. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> Careful. He's of a generation. <laughs> he told me the other day that uh, he said to me, because you're young. I said uh... to him, he's like, he's 20 years older than me. He's like, you're like the gap between, like in your age is the gap between me and Dave. There's a whole mark between us. Yeah, that's, that's, that's weird. Because uh, I, when I when I meet up with Dave, I'm just like chatting to a normal person. It's just like, well, he's a normal person. I'm mean, chatting to <laughs> chatting to a friend. <laughs> I mean, chatting to you know, what I mean, chatting to someone my age. So I don't did you, see it. Did you um? You can have to cut this out. But did you um? Did you get to know him? Were you doing like a care in the community thing? 
yeah, yeah when you met yeah. him down the nursing home yeah yeah <laughs> I, had to, I had to wipe his bum a few times it wasn't does good. he does he smell like workers <laughs> <and shorts? laughs> he's a he's a polo man he's, he's a, he likes the whole of the polos does he oh, <laughs> oh polos <laughs> For wor- like because worms are what like old people eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like kid does smell like butterscotch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh... <laughs> he's the nicest man in the world, Dave. Yeah, go and listen. Like... My point was, my point was, go and listen to he shoots, he draws. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I can't. You have to do so much editing. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I like to leave this stuff in. It's fun. Uh, okay, last couple of questions. Okay, the big ones. Best purchase under £100. Yeah, see, I know you ask these questions because I listen to every episode. Um, I've been thinking about this, like, really long. I think it's going to be uh, any Procreate brush pack I've ever bought. And that's yeah, probably, like, the ones I buy from the most are Lisa Bardot and okay. Bar- the Bardot brush. And no, she doesn't get as much plug-in as everybody else does. But her brushes, she was the first person I ever paid for a set of brushes and they changed my life. And then I, like a cliche, I buy everything from Retro Design. Because yeah. um, they speak to me and my work, um, like very, like much. But I hated Procreate when I first downloaded it. I couldn't use it. And I was just like, this is rubbish. Can't use it, can't use it. And someone said, no, no you need to get brushes. And then you're like, be able to use it. And I brought those Lisa Bardot brushes. And I was like, oh, these are incredible. And then someone said to me, oh, you should get the retro design brushes. And I brought them and they honestly have changed my life. I use them all day, every day. We, a lot, I mean, I don't want to, this sounds like I need to pay Dustin, like send him a check, but we make a lot more money because of they allow me to express myself. It's a tool, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they're like, I've never brought something so confidently as everything I buy from them. And like, mm. I think it's so weird. I think we own everything they've ever made, like fonts, all the like Photoshop stuff, all the Illustrator stuff we own. Like if they buy, if they release something, I buy it the minute the, and I hate him for this, but the minute Dustin emails to say new product. Yeah. I buy it. Yeah. yeah. We might as well just give him like 12 99 a month. <laughs> like it's got to the point now where he could literally say this is a brush pack with one brush in it and it's the worst brush you're ever going to use and I'd buy it <laughs> like I'd just buy everything from him because he's selling and it's, anyone that isn't buying them is it's madness because it's like the price of like lunch at a Costa or a Starbucks and you've got this tool that can it makes my work look like my work in my head looks. And it's, I've never been more confident as an illustrator. And it's like having this brilliant safety net that's mm. like, you can do anything with a retro supply brush and it looks good. Um, I'm living proof of that. Like, <laughs> that, that's honestly true. Like, some, like, my work is just circles, you know, put together to make faces. But mm. it's, the, it's that brush, them brushes that they make it come to life, and or they make me confident and happy. Like to, that's a, uh, yeah, that's a good, it's a good answer to that question. Uh, yeah, 
and not to turn it all, uh, all salesy, but uh, if you do want to buy any of these brushes, <laughs> there's uh, a link down in the description <laughs> to uh, the Design Cuts page <laughs> where, you can, uh, where you can help the podcast, which is always appreciated. Uh, Does it play buy from your link because of my sales? Do I, my salesmanship, do I get a cut? Uh, we could work out with Tom, I guess. <laughs> I don't want a cut. <laughs> but D- Dustin uh, can pay me. Yes, yeah. We'll, get, we'll make sure Dustin listens to this and work out how much time we spent on the, uh, the retro supply. And yeah, yeah. But, and make sure I said it exactly how he asked me to. <laughs> the key. Awesome. Um, what, we've talked a lot about uh, good values and stuff to live by and good advice, but a couple of good values to round off the podcast to live by. Um, don't do anything that will harm other people. Like, unless, you know, just be tr- like be nice um someone once told me be smart smile and turn up which mm. i think is a, like a pretty cool thing to live by um i think passion before fashion shout out to toby morse h2o um that's like the number one uh positive mental attitude pma every day I like um yeah, you, that's like, like just a, like stuff to live by. I think like always like be a compassionate human as much as you possibly can. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, everyone's going through their own shit all the time. So like be forgiving. Uh, you always hear people say like, oh, I met this famous person and they were a scumbag. Maybe they were just having a bad day. So like everyone's entitled to a bad day. We like, we all have them. Don't take anything personally in design don't listen to people on podcasts giving advice um <laughs> and please and don't just, subscribe though yeah and and just um carve your own path and be true to yourself and i think that's the number one piece of advice i could give to anyone like if henry rollins once said if i always tell the truth i don't have to remember anything yeah. and i think that's a great thing not just necessarily in the way that you speak but the way that you just act so if you want to be the punk rock retro illustrator be the punk rock retro illustrator live by it do it and as long as that's you but don't pretend to be something to make a quick buck because there's much more in being true to yourself and you will get the work you want and you'll get to work the people you want and you'll meet fantastic people and you'll have a great career. Mm. That's, uh, that's, that's a nice saying as well. And the, the um, thing about not lying, uh, it's a book called 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. And he's a, uh, do you know, we probably know Jordan Peterson of him. You know, him? he's mm. a professor of psychology at Toronto University. He's been on, Jordan, he's been on Joe Rogan a couple of times. Okay. Um, but he wrote a book called 12 Rules for Life and that was one of them, you know, basically don't don't tell lies because you can get yourself in rabbit holes and it, you know if, like you say you don't have to remember anything if, if you always tell the truth we're always thinking about your if you're always uh giving people what you think of them a sort of thing not in a nasty way but if you're always um yeah being true to what you believe and not having to lie about things to make other people happy then you don't have to remember things you don't have to keep up those lies and it's a lot more pressure if you don't if you're doing that stuff so yeah don't don't like just don't lie to a yourself or other people yeah <laughs> uh, that's a good one uh, anyway uh how do you want to be remembered is the last uh, yeah that's your that's your worst question i hate it 
<laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot, um, and we had a big discussion about this. But I think the honest answer is I don't. Like I just don't. I don't want to be remembered. I'd quite happily um, get to the end of my career, have enough money to retire from it, uh, live the rest of my life doing what I want, even if that is design, if it isn't. And one day that I hope that I die in my sleep, I'm putting a hole in the ground and people move on. And that's, is honestly how I feel about that question. I would hate that in a hundred years time, anyone is looking at any of the stupid things that I did design wise and still talking about it. I've just, it fills me with dread because I won't be there to defend it. I'd rather just peacefully go away and everyone just go, oh yeah, done. Like I don't even want someone to say, oh, do you remember when that guy was drawing punk Archie comics? Or, you know, doing a punk paper doll. Like, how stupid would that be? So I think there's a great power in being forgotten and going quietly. And, yeah, I like the idea of, like, the kind of, um, like, just walking. Like, I like that whole idea of, like, almost like a, a 1960s, like, guy just walking out of an office, hanging up his hat, never coming back again. The end. Yeah, yeah I just like the idea of just going. I was talking about this because... Um, I was actually, yeah, it's a weird thing. My, um, my granddad was a war hero. Um, he enlisted into the army underage, was a tank driver, and he was at the liberation of a, um, of a um, what they called, like a, like a death camp um, in Germany, um, I believe, or Austria. Wherever Con he was. Concentration camp, yeah. Yeah, concentration camp, like in Belsen, I think it was called. And... What the fantastic thing about that is, is that he did that at such a young age, saw dreadful things, um, ran a business when he got home from war, but he had a funeral that his family attended. And then, but it wasn't about that. It was about how he was loved by the people that mattered. He wasn't remembered for, you know, heroics or anything. And I think that there's a nicety in, he was just a granddad at the end. And it's, yeah. Seems like that's not what people want. They want this legacy. No. I don't want it. It's, it seems very tiring to me to to be dead and still have people talking about you all the time that didn't even know you. Like, so in terms of the design world, I hope everyone forgets about me as quickly as I came into it. Um, and as far as like my family, I just want to be remembered for being caring, honest, and uh, giving. Like, um, I'll give my time for anyone. Um, honestly, like, I, and I just, yeah, I want to, I take everyone as they come and I want people to take me as they come. I just want to be not seen as a human. Um, but yeah, I just think I don't want to be remembered. Not by a bunch of people that didn't know me on the internet or clients or like, yeah, I'd just like to go out. I don't want to go out kicking and screaming. Um, just get taken away. I think that's fine for me. Nice one. This right. is the most depressing podcast ever. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. It's, uh, yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone has uh, their answer to that question, and you can answer it however you want. So, I ask it. I don't, if, if I knew that answer, you know, I still ask it because I'm interested in hearing what people say. 
Has anyone asked you how you want to be remembered? Uh, uh, I think they have, but I can't remember what I said. Okay. <laughs> um, I probably said what everyone else says. I've got to get known to begin with. <laughs> Is that what you said? People got to know who I am first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be a, that would be an appropriate answer because because uh, yeah, like being remembered at all. I think a lot of people say being remembered at all would be nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because even by family stuff, um, people around you. Yeah. Because with that, I, I don't know. I've got to terms with death a little bit. Um, I've become less scared of it, shall I say? Uh, and and um, not to like end this on the most depressing podcast of all time, but I heard this like great quote the other day where someone said like you die twice, like once. Yes, yeah. I was just about to say this. Like, just about to say this. Stop, yeah. Like yeah, when people stop talking about you, and like wouldn't it? I'd like that just to be just one day, <laughs> just right. the same day. Everyone goes, oh yeah, you died. Well, get on with it. Like, uh, yeah. Also, if you're, um, if you have that attitude, it means that you were the last man standing. So, yeah. like, out of everyone you know, you could be the last one, and then no one's there left to remember you. But as depressing as it is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you say, everyone's going to die twice, like eventually. Like, one day, no one is going to remember. Uh, Hitler or someone, I don't know. So no one's going to mention. <laughs> like one day, one day there'll be a point where everyone does stop talking about Henry VIII, or one day there is going to be a point where no one remembers having the Queen, or or no one's going to talk about that ever. Like, so she, she, they will, they will die eventually, twice. Like, like we're talking about, like someone yeah, will yeah, yeah. be the last person to stop talking about them. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's a strange Just thing to think about. Just love that you ask the big questions. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh, where can people find you and say hello to you on social media? Oh, so many places. You can, <laughs> we are um, at HG Creative um, on Instagram. And then other than that, we are www.hecreative.com. I mean, the amount of places you can reach out to me are just unbelievable. We have a Twitter, but we don't use it. So yeah, literally we just use Instagram um, and we try and post daily. Um, as much as we can um, on there. But it's still going for daily though. It's still going for the social requirements of daily posting. We post, I tell you what, I, I, I post daily because um, everyone said you should do it. And I started mm. doing it. And now I can't stop doing it because I think it might be an OCD thing. But I'm, yeah, I'm just now I'm terrified to stop doing it. Um, That's a like common daily. conversation for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. But we, um, yeah, Instagram is the best place and we do like honestly do reply to everyone because we only get two messages a day. So it's nice. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> but yeah, we do. I will get back to like every single person that like messages us and even if, if and you know, if you want to link to retro supply stuff <laughs> or whatever, you can hit me up on Absolutely, that. Absolutely. Yeah. How's your studio still so light? Mine I'm sitting in darkness here. Because <laughs> I tell you I tell you why, Mark, it's because we live by the seaside. Ah, all right, yeah. The sun hasn't gone down yet. Mm. Yeah, that's the benefit of living in lovely sunny Essex. Um, I'll come and visit. I'll come and visit soon. Yeah, yeah, you too. Anyway, uh, this has been awesome. Um, thank you very, very much. Really appreciate it. No problem, Mark. Lovely to meet you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. This one was a special one. And if you've made it this far, you can probably tell why I think that. 
some really, really good conversations and I'd love to continue them and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be adding HG's Creative to the Creative Waffle Podcast Tour which will be happening in August and uh, September time. So stick around for that. I'll actually be recording podcasts in person over that. And then I'll be going out on YouTube and the audio platforms. But yeah, it's going to be exciting times for the podcast. In the next couple of months, we've got a few live podcasts coming up. We've got a football creative podcast at the Jumpers for Goalpost Festival on the 3rd and 4th of August. We've got some coming up on well, this Friday in London at the DNAD Festival. So if you're there uh, on Friday, please do uh, come and say hello and um, get on the podcast. But apart from that, if you want to help out the show, there's a few ways you can do that down below in the description. But mainly, just get the word out there, share on social media, take a screenshot, share on social media, tag at Creative Waffle, at CW Podcast if you're on Twitter. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast.